Good evening, dandies. Welcome to Undetermined, the podcast. Sort of for whatever reason, so. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, it was all right. I mean, yeah. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah, it works. Yeah, I mean, I've told the story before with uh, uh, Steve Albini. Yeah. yeah, yeah, which is yeah, oh yeah, that's hilarious, right? Like Mister, like perfect sound forever, like known for recording right. engineer, and just hey, why does all your connections sound like trash right now? <laughs> it sounded awful. You had him on too, didn't you? I- I've had Steve on like four times. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. it's you know, it's fine. Like whatever. It's, you know, it sounds like a dude on a phone, but yeah, it was it was right, right. You would yeah. think, yeah. I mean, I, that was like a, almost a relief for me, though. Yeah. Like when it got to editing, like, oh, well, I don't have to worry about this because there's no fix in it. <laughs> right. There's a thing he does. He's done with other shows uh, that he'll record audio on his side as well and then like send the files over. But I don't know. Oh. He might have been doing it at that point. He might have been doing it from home or something. Like, I don't know. I wouldn't want to presume. He was at the studio, but. It- the problem was he was using like the uh, uh, PC that was up front in the main office and it had a click in the fan, like a you know, piece of shit in the back of the PC <laughs> yeah. or whatever. So it's like the whole yeah, fucking yeah. time. And he's just like, yeah, let's roll with it. Who gives a shit? And I'm like, well, we kind of do, but you know, well, uh, yeah. it's, it's Steve Albini. So what do you say? Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I've I often know, compared like, it to, I keep telling the joke that it's the, it's the Zapruder film of our podcast. Because mm-hmm. it's like it's so his, it's so terrible, and you can't really get anything out of it. But it's so historically significant that we uh, had to keep. Yeah, it. yeah, everyone wants to. <laughs> everyone wants to hear it. Yeah, sure, makes right. sense. Anyway, that's a bunch about that guy. <laughs> Our friend Rob has a pretty good story. He worked for him. Yeah, Rob Bosnick for quite a while helped build the studio and all the stuff. You know, with the whole digging out the basement shit and all that. Uh-huh. And like one of the first big things that they were going to do was they brought in Smashing Pumpkins to record, or maybe uh, it was just Billy Corgan. I can't remember. I think Billy was cutting there. Yeah, he was cutting his tracks. He was cutting his uh, vocals. It was like one of the first things after they got everything built, and there was like this just minor hum that just permeated everything, and they could ne- mm. they couldn't track it down. And finally, Billy was like, "Fuck this! I can't do this! I can't work with this." And just bailed on it. And Rob wow. was just like devastated. And yeah, it yeah, turns yeah. out it was coming from a building like around the corner that uh-huh. had like a faulty fax machine. <laughs> there was, <laughs> Of course. Of course, that's what. But it took them yeah. forever to figure that out. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm surprised they even did. Yeah, so, I think when you're building how, when you're building a studio, I mean anything you have to do with sound, the the worst possible thing in the world is where is that hum coming from? Right, right. That's like the that's like the worst thing in the world. And it's always yeah. something like, oh, the ground lift is, you know, touching the thing. Like what? It's like some inane th- like thing that has nothing to do with anything. We're like, oh, it's awful. It's awful trying yeah. to track that shit down. Yeah, that's why yeah. I mean I kind of wanted Dawes, you know. I, I mean I, I'd love to have a, a digital audio workshop, but it's like because it just seems like the thing to do. But goddamn, in yeah. some ways these plug and play USB mics, it's just like you know sounds fine. You plug it in, you go. There's only one route that it could be, you know. Yeah, it's just the uh, one thing. Yeah, totally. It's just the one thing. 
and uh, it's either that or your controls, and that's it. Yeah, I mean, like you know, I've got such a specific setup for my demo stuff uh, that I and I track that into the iPad, so it's like just so far removed from anything other than basically doing something like this because I don't use. I don't remember recording when you said it or not, but my Protonic Reversal setup is so specific to what I do. And basically, uh, I think I feel like we've talked about this before, but that's fine. I, it, that's it's, fine. Well, I developed all these hardware solutions for things before there were all these tools. Like, you got to remember, like, this, that show's been around like almost eight years now, right? Mm, yeah, yeah. 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 So I had to like devise solutions for problems I didn't know existed yet, let alone having like, <laughs> someone that has like a, a, a software as a service for it now. Right. I wouldn't recommend it to anyone, you know, but it's, it's how <laughs> I do it. Because, it, it. You know, it does the thing it needs to do. It, it does. And then, like, I managed to, oh, let's make it more complicated by introducing the video. Yeah, <laughs> right. Which is then it's like, oh god, and now I need to make it look cool too, and like, oh Christ, and it's just, it's just a nightmare. <laughs> so, what when I'm on for other things, I usually will just go upstairs to the office, like I'm at right now, which is this uh, is where I usually write all the demos, and then like just plug into the Mac with like the microphone in and headphones out, and away you go. Yeah, you, you know, and that, and that's see, I'm on this movie show now, and that's my setup for that too. And that's great because that, that way I can just never touch the product setup. Just like one time it gets touched is when it's used. Right. And it, all the settings are the same. <laughs> I don't have to fuck around with anything. Like it's just it's yes. it's ready to go. It's ready to do my show. So I can just concentrate on doing the show well rather than where's the hum coming from. That's good. Right. Uh, <laughs> uh-huh. I think I think if I were to modernize the Protonic setup, I could certainly at this point do everything I need to do just on, on, on the one computer. But whatever i got all this stuff for it and you know it's sort of like it's part of part of it is, is the ritual like the going down yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah to the place that i do the thing <laughs> yeah for me like i get attached to things too like in yeah. a weird way like i've got an old ass surround sound system in my house that i will not get rid of it sounds okay right. still right there are nicer ones now sure. you know it still says tape <laughs> well, yeah yeah right exactly which <laughs> Are you really going to be putting a tape deck into that? Probably not. Probably. I actually, I, I went ahead and dug it out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're coming no, back. Not, knowing that. But but it is funny. I used to even have, oh, I, was just, I, I used to have an even more overbuilt uh, mixer, like a 16 channel mixer, like when you could use it in a club. And that was handy for like when I had people in in person. But then when the COVID hit, I'm like, okay, let's be realistic. I'm not having anybody on in person anytime soon. I can get, man, I can get some money for this. So no, no, that was like my big Christmas gift right before COVID hit was like a yep. mixer that I, I'm like, oh man, we can take this on the road. I can set up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just in time. Nope. nope. It's <laughs> gathering dust. <laughs> yeah. Just in time. Did yeah. the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. But well, it is funny that, like, you... oh, oh, yeah, oh, shit. Sorry, sorry. I just want to introduce you, man. Oh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, sure. yeah. People might want to know we're talking to. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Good evening, dandies. Welcome to Undetermined the Podcast. Special guest tonight, the hardest working man in show business since James Brown died. <laughs> Mr. Conan Neutron joins us <laughs> on Undetermined the Podcast. We are podcasting from Ice Station Zebra in the. <laughs> freezing blasted hearth of the midwest all of us uh welcome conan yeah yeah thanks thanks for having me back do you you know the silkworm song uh i I chase the zebra uh yes 
Yeah, I was thinking about the movie, but, but yeah, yeah, I know that. Yeah, song. yeah, yeah. Well, they were. So was Andy. So was Andy when he wrote the song. But uh, yeah, yeah, I was yeah. thinking that as well. Yeah, that's uh, it, you know, it's it's balmy now. It's like some like twenty degrees. It was like one degree in Milwaukee, like last weekend. So I was like, yeah, the heat wave. Right? <laughs> nice, <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, thanks for having me on. This this it's been a bit. I think last time I talked to you guys was right after Dark Passengers came out, right? So that was like yes, end yeah. of twenty twenty. So yes, this is it's been yeah. like an over a year, it's been over a year, and I I didn't even realize because when I started putting together like our best of, I was like, oh, where's the Conan? And <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's like, oh fuck, <laughs> seriously, and I was like, holy yeah. shit! But I think yeah. maybe we we communicate pretty regularly, so yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, we lot, at yeah. this point. Yeah, like it's, you know, you you guys are are big supporters of the band, and I, I dare say we're like podcast siblings, right? So like, yeah, oh, for sure, yeah. Oh. There's a mutual exchange, mutual admiration society going on. Yeah, that's touching. I appreciate that. It's not that big of a deal. It's not like that much happened in the last year, anyway. <laughs> yeah, no. it's wild. Like, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but it feels like it's been twenty years and two weeks, both at the same time. Like, it's uh-huh. yep. Crazy. Yeah, yeah, it makes I just, sense. I just tried to rewatch uh, the the lighthouse, uh, you know, with Willem Dafoe, and it was just yeah. Uh, Jesus Christ, that was just it was too depressing. It touched too close to home, you know. That's kind of what I feel like. <laughs> like I'm on yeah. an island, you know. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I, right, like the podcast is like a ham radio, and I'm just like, okay, reporting in. What's going on where you are? Yeah, that's real. Yeah, yeah, that's it's, very real. It's. Oof. Oh, I'm ready to get back out. Well, that's our show, folks. You know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's been a year. <laughs> no, no, but I mean, it's like we're not telling anybody anything they don't already know, right? But I mean, no, it, it is yeah. just that. And I think we, you know, we, I don't know if we talked about this before, but it is weird that it's, I mean, it's a unifying experience in the way that everybody in some way has had their life fundamentally changed, right? Like, even yeah, if yeah. it's not going to affect everyone the same way. Like, I don't know about you guys, but like, I think the vast majority of folks I talk to for the show, are like, uh-huh. oh, well, I'm kind of a, you know, I'm kind of a homebody or a loner. I don't really, you know, I don't really go out that much anyway. So things didn't change that much. Ha, ha, ha. You know? Okay. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but then some people are like, my entire world has turned upside down. Like, yeah, that's, okay. <laughs> right. that's more like me. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you can use it to be more prolific. You can use it to write. You can use it to, you know, do all sorts of things. Yeah. So that's certainly it took for me kind of getting through that initial wave of, you know, when, when the COVID hit, we had to cancel all, all our tour. It's like every other band on the face of the planet. And, but then also I got laid off from my day job too. So it's basically, you know, in quarantine also. So yeah, uh, just sitting there like staring at the walls being like, Hmm, well, this is interesting. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad you that's not the word you were thinking though. No, uh, no, no, it was, it was not. <laughs> but then like what, what I, what I did because I couldn't. Oh, and that's the other thing is I just couldn't write songs. I, I think I was just too, uh, mad. I was too mad and too like despondent, whatever. And I was like, oh, maybe I'm just, maybe I'm just done with that. Maybe that's a thing I can't do anymore. Wow. Yeah. Uh, so that's when I just laid into doing Protonic, like basically five days a week for for a while. And you know, for as long as that show's been around, like there's something about the type of episodes or the the, <laughs> the mass quantity of them or whatever that yeah you know people really responded to it and and all those people that that are very quick to tell you they don't have time for podcasts it's like we got time now motherfucker (laughs) yeah (laughs) don't you and so it grew it grew considerably and uh 
we put up I put up a Patreon and like that paid power bills and <laughs> you know, things like that for a while. And well, you're welcome for the f- <laughs> you're welcome yeah. for the five dollars a month from me. I'm yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, it's, it's appreciated. I mean, I kick it. You know, it's real. Like that. Yeah. You know, and, and I've always been someone that I have a day job to go with the making records and touring, but I make sure that the day job fits around the art and not the other way around. Right. But there's been very little fit around in the, in the past, in the past yeah. year and a half, two years. Cause like, yeah, I think we played a total of like maybe five shows uh-huh. right when it's sort of like, uh, Oh, Delta's going away. Hey, things are going to get better. And so it was, yep. so we took like a few shows that were, okay, this is the state fair. It's outside. You know, like whatever, like basically individual justifications for for each one of these, right? The the reasons to do it, right? And um, and we did those, and I was like, cool. I don't feel comfortable booking anything else right now. I <laughs> right. do not feel yeah. comfortable doing a tour because I don't think my heart could stand booking an entire tour and then having to cancel it again. Right. Because I, that's that's another thing too. I've I've never I don't cancel shit. Like yeah, yeah. I think I've canceled two shows ever in twenty two years of touring. Oh wow! Yeah, and and one of them was because someone was hit by a car. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Well, yeah, that's not happening." Yeah. How you feeling? Oh, come on, buddy? man! <laughs> yeah, keep that okay? through. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. but yeah, I mean, it, it's uh, you know that that's not the least of it. It's been kind of a crazy, heavy year. You know, my lost yeah. lost my mom in May. Uh, yeah, Chris. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry about that. Thanks. Yeah, sorry to hear that. You know, Chris, who was like as close to a, you know probably closer than my actual brother, my musical brother from Replicator, Mount Vicious, like ten years. Mm. So he passed away in August, uh, two days before turning forty-five. Jesus, and oh, he's wow. a dad. Yeah. So that's oh, great. God. That's hard. Uh, that's so hard. Yeah, yeah, and, and you know, like Vern Elkan, I think that had happened last time we talked, but like it's just been there hasn't yeah. been basically a six month period where there hasn't been somebody dying. That right. sucks. <laughs> Which uh, well, just is yeah. not unique to me. Don't get me. I, I don't don't get it twisted, right? Right. I mean, I've been through the uh, similar things. I mean, you know, uh, you lost a great friend of suicide years ago. Lost my brother. Lost my father. Lost my yeah. you know uncle. Lost it. You know, all these people just in a handful of years. It's, uh, you start to feel like you're on an island. Yeah, even more so, which everybody feels like they're on an island now, as we established right. with the lighthouse reference, right? But, but, but it's even right. more so right. when, yeah. Like, and especially like, you know, I've had peers pass away, uh-huh. like musical peers, especially, you know, usually drugs are drug related, but mm-hmm. to have it be someone that I basically spent my entire 20s with. You know, right. you know, like yeah. traveling the country, like that's that hits that hits way different. Um, and I don't know, man, it's 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 rough. They're the family you choose, right? Absolutely. Yeah, you know, yeah, exactly. uh, uh, that's what I said on my on my buddy Mike's funeral. You know, it's like uh, it's uh, yeah, family, and then your friends, but your friends are the family that you get to pick. Right. And uh, you know, you can drop them if they're an asshole, but uh, when they stick around for a long time, that's hard. It is. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah, and what's crazy, like for a, for a few years, Chris and I were not not great. Like we did not leave things yeah. on on the best of terms. But then, like we, mm. you know, we we reconcile. I even had him play in a live version of the Secret Friends for uh, for a couple tours, and uh, um, he's in a documentary even of it, like a little mini doc of it. But like, you know, I'm I'm glad we that we 
reconciled. That helps. Right? Yeah. It, it sort of, you know, some people don't get that chance. Some people never, it, it, that never happens. So. Right. It's important to do that. I think, yeah. and I don't know, maybe even if it doesn't seem important at the time, like it's something that kind of back of mind that I don't want to, don't want to leave any bad blood except for the few people. Yeah. Deserve all the bad blood in the world. And you should literally die. Other than that. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, so many of us are going through that. Yeah. 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 yeah there's yeah. a bellwether, right? I mean, certain people are, you know, and, and I, I have family who are, you know, uh, and some friends who've just been bad people. And uh, that's how you know there's good people because it's the opposite of what they do. Study <laughs> and contrast. Yeah, no, for sure. Right. So it's, we kind of, it's we, crazy. We need them. Yeah, yeah. You need, you need <laughs> the, um, you need both sides, but you know, we tracked a bunch of stuff in April and then mostly finished it off in September. And so that was, that was probably the first time that I was like, wow, this kind of feels like you're blowing the dust off of the machine and like the wheels are starting to grind again in some way, even just like just doing it, just the act of doing it. It was sort of like, Oh yeah, this is, this is, that's right. I had a limb amputated. I kind of forgot about that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I totally forgot mm-hmm. that I had my arm chopped off. And you really, it's hard <laughs> to predict when it's going to hit you. It just hits you. Sure. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah, no, totally. Yeah. And, and that's, that's real. And so for me, I, I, I'm someone that this is the most idle I've ever been, which is not to say mm-hmm. that I'm idle, but this is the most idle I've ever been. Like I'm, I'm, right. I'm like a shark. I'm always moving. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're a hardworking guy. And I think there was a little, there was a small amount of time where it's like, okay, well, use that time to be introspective. Like, hey, I did that, and it was great. But now I'm ready to, to do other stuff, and I still can't do it. And that's because, you know, this guy in the in the tank top and sandals uh, at the Applebee's doesn't want to wear a, wear a mask. No shit, man. Right. Yeah, and you are you are the... fucking my world up right now when I'm right. at the apex of my creativity. Yeah, therein lies the rub, right? Yeah. Yeah, and, and all, all empathy I had for folks like that, the the, the COVID idiots, as Brian Wallsby termed it, is just I have none, none, zero, yeah. zero percent. No. Oh yeah, I, I we talked about that. I think in the last uh, episode with Isaiah I, I, uh, Radke, I said like you know there was a CNN article or something. It was like people are losing patience with people who haven't vaccinated. It's like losing. It's yeah. lost. Uh, it's yeah, that ship, that ship done sailed. That ship, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that went down the sewer pipe a fucking six months ago. I right. don't know what yeah. Breaking news. Uh, no, that happened a long fucking time ago. Well, and, and you like to think natural selection would just take its toll. But the thing is, they take other people with them. They take other people with it. Yeah. So it's like, it's <laughs> right. kind of a, you can't even take comfort in that where it's like, oh, well, these idiots, you know, Dar- Darwin's uh, right, Darwinism will right. take effect. Like, no, they are going to just affect all the people that did everything right and, you know, actually cared about other people, which is just perfect. That's just perfect for oh, our yeah. society. That, that's where yeah. anyway, this is a cheery topic. <laughs> it, it is, but it's, so, it's, it's so, so heavy on my mind and I'm guessing I'm not alone. Yeah. yeah. And like, especially, you know, with what I do. Sure. Of course. You're going to see it all the time. Yeah. It's- Matt is, uh, is, for those who don't know, Matt is a circus clown. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> He is, uh, yeah, and having to blow into balloons. Oh my god, it's so hard to get a laugh. It is. It's just no. No. Go ahead. Uh, So, I work suicide prevention hotline. 
Yes, thank you for that. I didn't mean to make light of it. Nah, no, and no. I may edit this out. I, I kind of get weird about it, but I'm gonna. No, I'll tell you guys this story, and I may edit it out. Uh, but this okay. just like really fucked me up. This week was a call that I took. <laughs> I, it was a guy. He's just in tears, and he was going to have to sign the DNR for his girlfriend in the morning. Mm. Motherfucker! Jesus! Wow! Wow! Yeah, and I was just like, so, yeah, it fucked me up. You know, I, and it's interesting. I mean, you know, as Kona mentioned, how it affects everybody. And not to take this into like a, a transverse or, or, or esoteric realm, but it's like uh, you look at the way that politics, you look at the way that uh, just sociological situations affect things like music. They affect things like art. They affect things I wonder, I mean, as we've had different eras of music in uh, different uh, movements in music, I wonder if there's going to be like a COVID rock kind of. <laughs> I mean, I think it, we're it, already it, seeing you know, it a little bit just with like everybody's I think we are. solo record <laughs> coming out. But, right. the, but, but the problem is like it's, it was, I don't think It'll it's going to be rock. It's going to be a certain right. sound probably that's. Yeah. You know, it's interesting that technology has developed that you can basically do a band in the box much easier than you ever could. Oh, yeah. yeah. Any other time in history, right? So, right. And you've got people with nothing to do and no ability to move forward collaboratively. Why, you know, why wouldn't they? But, right. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. And what's interesting is like, in a way, that'd be central casting for how we work, other than the fact that, no, it's a rock band and it's people in a room. So, you know, we have to, like, ultimately, I demo everything out. And if you listen to the demos, yes, they're good. That is that is the song. You, I think people might be shocked by how much is there just in the demos. But um, at some point, we have to get together in room and record it. So, you know, we did that in April, and that was for all the stuff coming up. So there, it's not just Dangerous Nomenclature, which is the, the new one, but... There's a split LP uh, with another band called Lung. It's like a split LP. So it's going to be like, like six songs on both sides. There's going to be a really cool uh, concept EP oh. that I can't speak too much about yet. Um, okay. I just have, I'm still nailing details down. And then there's three songs for the next full length, which we're going to record the next seven or eight when, um, yeah, when, when, when we can. But like sometime, sometime in the spring, um, either between Melvin's tours or... Uh, potentially afterwards because they're going out with ministry and then they're going to do another. Yeah. I'm going to try to catch that. Yeah. yeah, yeah I think I see is sure. playing too. I think if I remember correctly. Oh, nice. Oh God. Uh, so that, that COC Melvin's in ministry. So that should be interesting, but they're, they're going to yes. be, and they've been like grounded for like everyone else for a while. And uh-huh. you know, so it's, they're, they're going to be out there and do it, but we're either going to track it. It's honestly, it's probably going to be after all that. So, but that's fine. Cause with any luck, there's going to be three releases this year for Conan Neutron the Secret Friends. I guarantee nice. you there's going to be two. The third yeah. one may or may not make it depending on timing. Because, you know, if you're lucky, it's like a nine-month turnaround for vinyl. If you're lucky. Oh, yeah, yeah. Ooh, I'm so fucking over Christmas. <laughs> this is I, I about lost my shit at, <laughs> at Target seeing, like, all the fucking Adele vinyls out. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> and I'm like... You got enough. You've got yeah. enough. Yeah. Every time you see a friend's record release that is uh, postponed, just think about Adele. 
Exactly. Right. And that's, that's what the I reason do. why. Yeah. <laughs> she has an, an alien nest of like pucks, you know, those record pucks just being laid in her. Yep. Yeah. So, but, but you can't, you know, you can't think too hard about that kind of thing. No. Like, all, all I've no. ever, the, the, the thing I find myself, if not happiest, most creatively filled is when I was constantly working on the next thing. So I anticipated uh. that it might be something like this, which is why rather than just like make a record, like I was like, we're no, we're uh. gonna make like four. <laughs> we're gonna right. make like four <laughs> releases. And each one of them had like a special kind of like thing to them. The Peter Jackson method. Right. right. Exactly. <laughs> just, just make, you, know, you got the crew what? there now. Let's just let's just right. make it all. Shit, let's and, make three movies. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and the extreme and sort of like thing I vow never to do again is do the protons and electrons away and record like 17 songs all, all in one go. But this was sort of like the, the compromise method, which is that uh, I kind of had it gamed out which ones I thought would be easier gets than others. And then also which of the releases were because they each have a like, kind of a conceit to them. Like the dangerous nomenclature one is, is a split with this band erratic retaliator strategy. Who I love, but the only band I think of that can alternately sound like uh, Tom Waits and men's recovery project. You know, I'm like- glad you brought up Tom Waits. <laughs> you introduced me uh, <laughs> to these cats this week. And, and I had that, that same, uh, yeah. Oh, totally. From the vocal side, the same. Yeah. I got that vibe and, Oh, it's just so good. And you know, I'm not hearing anything that I would label as COVIDy from your new tracks either. We've been talking about this this week, but man, just pure rock and roll. It was so fun. Yeah. yeah. It was so refreshing to hear those tracks from you. And it's like, ah. I'm glad you say that because that's definitely what it is. And so yeah. sometimes sometimes people don't, um, if you don't have an appendation, then people don't know what to do with it. Like if it isn't, you know, such and such right. rock or, you know, whatever. Right. It's good. Yeah. And ultimately, I think this is just a you know a, a slightly weird rock band that's informed by a bunch of like you know weirder stuff. But it's it's if people say we're a rock band, uh, it, like that's true. That's exactly what it is. <laughs> it's, right. it's a rock band. Right. But I, you know, I'm, I'm glad that comes through, and also because I, you know I love all the Dark Passenger stuff, but so so much of it was sort of explorative and stretched out and, and right. purposefully so, right? right? That it was sort of like okay, and that fit that that fit that material, but uh, I you know just like how that was almost a reaction of the protons and electrons stuff, where it was like short and snappy. That I think it was what naturally gravitated towards is, is just ripping, right? <laughs> For these ones, right? Yeah. It's just sort of like, and let's just let's get some you know cool guitars doing cool guitar stuff, and I, I'm I'm really I'm really excited about. It. Oh, oh, so the um, oh yeah, so this one. There's three songs by Conan to Trend the Secret Friends and three by Erratic Retaliator Strategy. Uh-huh. And it's called Dangerous Nomenclature because we came up with the names first. Nice. Of the songs. Because oh, okay. there's there's three songs by the same name. There's The Commuter, there's Misplaced Optimism of the Doomed, and Competitive Grief. And both bands wrote songs to those titles without consulting with either anybody on either side. I like that without, without coordinating any side, just because first of all, I knew that I lo- like, I love a rack retaliator. Like they, they're great. Like it's just two guys. They're super creative. Some that sounds like warlock pincers or, and, you know, I yeah. mean like the one guy speed wraps through stuff sometimes. Like yeah, they're yeah, just, yeah, yeah. you never know what to expect. They're delightful. Uh, but I knew that no Chicago, matter what right? Chicago band. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No matter what, it wasn't going to sound like, they weren't going to sound like each other, no matter what. Right. I was like, as I was like, hey, let's just keep the curtain down. 
as long as possible until we get to like the mastering phase, just so we can kind of see, mm-hmm. you, you know what? And it was awesome because it was sort of like, yep, that's different. All right. <laughs> oh, that's cool. I really like that idea. It's a yeah. little bit like we'd talk to Dave Hingerty, a drummer out of Ireland. Mm-hmm. Big fan of, and he has this project called side four collective. I don't know if you caught any of that or not. Uh, I, re- I remember. Yeah. I remember when you had him on. Yeah. I, 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 I this sounds familiar. So yeah. what he does, but he's a drummer. So he'll come up with like a, just a riff and then he'll just put it out there and any artist can make whatever song they want to with that Based as the starting on the, point. On the thing. That's right. I, me- I remember this now. Yeah. So yeah. I-, I think I'm too much of a control enthusiast to ever go that route, but uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's the same. It's the same principle. I guess I could tell it's the same. You're, you're just doing it with words. Yeah. Well, I guess I could tell you guys because I mean, you know, it's just us guys right now, uh, but like, like whatever, it's like a state secret or anything, but they, one of the other releases, there's a song called fight math. that's on the first record. Huh. that we tracked a different version. So on the first record, it's Eugene from Oxbow yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's singing on it, which is great. Uh, yes. Eugene's awesome. He's 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 an iconic dude, right? But then I made mm-hmm. a version for the Catterall Society comp, which was a benefit for our label guy, uh, Rainer Franz, who uh, yeah, runs Learning Rainer. Records. He had, a, he had a heart stint put in. So I made this huh. benefit comp. And we have a, a new version that's uh, like me singing. Because the idea was like, live when we play that it's either eugene that sings it me that sings it or we have a cool lady singer do it like we've had tons mm-hmm. of people like sing it and it's sort of the <laughs> there are lyrics to it but it's like open to interpretation mm-hmm. to a certain degree and i've always liked yeah. what what like the craziness that that had has uh, brought forth so this is a long way of saying that there's going to be a fight math ep that is literally a new version of fight math that no one has heard that we that we tracked and track not not as like a song that we played for the first time together like that morning, but like as one that we have toured on for you know, whatever five years or so something along those lines. Mm-hmm. It's like a live favorite that we're gonna have different singers sing on. So it's gonna be the same song, but it's gonna be. And I can't say who I won't say who's on it. I will say that some some of the names might surprise people, but they're very different type of vocalists. Okay, and I love the idea of it being the same song, right? It's the same song, right. but it's completely different based on like who's singing it. Because like I've been telling people, like, hey, go, go nuts, go like <laughs> as crazy yeah. as you want with it, like go crazy overdubs, you know, uh, whatever. And that's the most exciting to a certain degree because like I have no idea what that, the end product is going to sound like, but I bet it's going to be rad. <laughs> so that's one yeah. of the other releases, and that's and that's one that like I was like to me that's like a COVID project. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like we're sort of like, Hey, everyone that's home, like it's way easier to track vocals at home than like track a band. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And I've been um, excited. Cause yeah, some, just... some people I've asked them, I've been like, Oh man, I feel weird about asking this. And they've been like, hell yeah. It's like, Oh, cool. Yeah. <laughs> right on. Right on. <laughs> Can't wait to hear what you do. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> I watched today, which I haven't seen. I, you know, I was just kind of uh, checking up on your, your socials and your internet stuff. But it's like uh, I watched that documentary of your t- 2018 tour, that mini doc, like 15 minutes. Oh, the which has Chris, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. has, yeah, um, and uh, yeah. I caught the statement misplaced optimism of the doom. Of the, you that, guys that's in like, there. That's right. Yeah, because that's something I. As you're I, rolling through North Dakota, I think, and you're looking at the, the snowy, like, blasted landscape. And yeah, 
Chris, Chris, there's a, uh-huh. there's a reading of it in a uh, Herzog voice. It's like he's in. Yeah, yeah. He's like a <laughs> he's like, wasteland. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah documentaries are going down this like blasted part of the road. It's just snow for miles and nothing and, you know, filthy weather. He misplaced optimism of the doomed <laughs> it's like ah credit <laughs> credits do i did feed him that phrase but that you have to oh, understand you? That, that 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 bit went on for like probably 10 minutes <laughs> which is to say that we're driving through like north dakota or whatever you know so it's like i was hilarious we we're laughing the whole time and i was like we need to film some of that and then uh, I, I fed him that phrase because that's something that i've had rattling around in my head for uh quite some time because it's sort of like my life uh-huh. ethos i have no reason to be optimistic about anything uh but i am you know so that's that's how i choose to live my life yeah Mm. but yeah yeah that's that's chris man r.i.p he's uh he was he was you know classic drummer fashion if he wasn't sleeping he was cracking wise you know right Uh, that's that's funny Uh, it fits with every drummer i've known too yep same way it's pretty. Co- I mean, it's a, it's a common trope, and it's that way for a reason. So. <laughs> right. But, yeah. Well, and that's so. That's one of the reasons why when we when we pick these ones, I I actually have this like long text file of just oh that would be a good song title, and I'll I'll put it down, and then I usually don't think too much about it until it's time to you know name a song because I, I I always name songs early on because I I just want to buy like new song for you know I, I no 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 no. That that doesn't work in this band's army. So when it, when mm. we did the thing with Erratic Retaliator, I was like, "Hey, uh, here are the ones that I think would be good for this." And I think I picked like five, and like those guys were like, "These three are our favorites." I'm like, "Great, let's do that." Uh, but I've had that one kicking around. I might have gotten it from like a comic book or something, like uh, John Constantine, if I remember <laughs> correctly. Uh, I can't remember because it's been so long, right? So some of them just have been. You know, in this lonely little text file waiting to be used. <laughs> I'm waiting in this world to be born. Yes. Yeah. I have a bunch of those. I have a bunch of little like little journals and those little like mead flip books. Oh yeah. I'm just like random, like, you know, band names, song names, shit I'll never write, shit I'll never do. There's like, oh, that's funny. Yeah. <laughs> I will I'm say that I use I use a lot of them. Uh, you know, I, I, I ever use all of them. Well, geez, I don't know. I don't know what would happen if I did, but like mm. I do go back and use a lot of, them, and some of them like, Oh, that's really good. But like at that time, uh. like there was some reason why, like I didn't think that would work or I didn't think like, yeah, you know, there's some reason why I was like, no, that doesn't fit that or whatever. It's not the right time for it. Yeah. But it may be the right time later. And that's something I've learned from other people of, of just like, it's okay to hold on to stuff. Exactly. And come back to it because there may be something that happens where you're always going to be a different person when you revisit it. That maybe yeah. the person that you revisited as will be able to use it and be able to make some do something really, really cool with it. And so that's a mindset. And that's a mindset I've adopted with uh, my creativity. And it's it's worked out pretty well. I mean, I yeah. think. Well, I mean, when you collaborate with so many people and work with so many people as you do, and as you yeah. have, I mean, it's good to have a, a tool belt, you know, full of things like that. I mean, I've wanted to have a song called The Commuter for years because for years and oh. years, I, I I did commute. Uh, I commuted in the Bay Area from Oakland to Santa Clara like four days uh-huh. out of the week, which is like an hour and 45 minutes one Ooh. way. That's Holy tough. shit. <laughs> <laughs> 
and uh, uh, you know you, like you get Stephen a lot of time King to novel. listen to. Uh, I know, right? You, you, this is like the, it's like the long, the long ride instead of the long walk. Uh-huh. Uh, you you get to listen. Like I listen to a lot of music. I listen to a lot of podcasts and stuff like that. But uh-huh. I just uh, so many times I would just sit there being like, "Why am I doing this, man? Like, yeah. I, this is this is crazy." And all these other people are doing it too, and we're all doing this crazy, like having these like mm-hmm. s- shocking moments of self awareness. And so, yeah. Um, that, that's what, that's what birthed that, that song. And as I was like, well, that, that's such a good concept. I don't want to, I don't want to use that one until I have something that fucking rips. Like it's gotta be right. Right. And man, your guitar tone on that fucking song is smoking. Oh, thanks man. I I think I mentioned that too to you. I was just like, "Mm, yeah, that sounds so good. That was the first one. That, That was the first one that was, uh, that I wrote, that I wrote coming back, uh, to, to writing songs again. And like, I was like, I think I'm inspired to write something. And I, and I sat down and demoed it out with like within the hour. I'm like, Oh, guess so. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's, like I didn't have an idea of what I was going to do, which is, it just worked out that way. It's pretty much all there except for what I call like the, uh, the James Bond part where there's a little kind of harmony thing where it sounds like a James Bond, uh, movie theme <laughs> right kind of operatic yeah. 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 Was it kind of a relief to get something out? Just like, Oh, oh I can still do it. No, it was it was a it it like knocked down a gigantic mental block for me, really. And Good. It, it was, yeah. and the fact that it was I was like, oh, this shreds. And we actually we we played. That's the only one of these that we've played. Like the few shows, the six or so shows that we did, <clears throat> we played that like at every one, and everyone's like, wow, that sounds great. What is that? Oh, it's brand new. It's not recorded yet, or it's not not released yet. Right. Like, oh, that's awesome. And I I, yeah. I think the other time we really have done that with us uh, with Impossible Task, off of mm-hmm. Passengers. Uh, yeah. That was for the same reason. Like this shreds too hard. We have to play this. No, it's, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. no, yeah, they, they, yeah. That whole song speaks to me. I, I can YouTube. Geez, not nearly as far as that, but I mean, like forty-five minutes every morning, and it's uh, like it's a good chance for me to wake up. Everything like that. But I mean, totally. God, the biggest thing I worry about is like this exponential chance of you dying in a car accident. No, <laughs> I know every right? day sucks, and, and to be right? like. Well, he died. He, he died doing what he loved. Yeah. Commuting. Doing what he no. didn't yeah. really care for, but needed a job. So he died uh, doing the thing yeah. he politely tolerated for the sake of yeah. work. Politely uh, tolerated. I'm fucking spoiled uh, now. I can't say shit. I can't yeah, say shit. Yeah. My commute yeah, yeah. upstairs to the basement. Upstairs to the basement. Oh, for real. Yeah. And that's been my, <laughs> that's been my jam for, well, that's what's funny is like people learning to work from home. Like I've basically done that for the last like four or five years, but it's, it's, I still remember the days of, of, I mean, I had another job too, where I had to go to a different city every day of the week. Yeah. And I was just constantly driving. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Like, th- there's something to be said for it to a certain degree, but it gets old pretty quick. No, and- there were parts <laughs> like I, I did have a job where I commuted about 40 minutes a day, and there was something mm-hmm. kind of nice about I could kind of mentally build up to it on my way in, and then kind of decompress on my way home. And I like yeah, that. yeah, absolutely, yeah. Sure. And, and there's some there's something it gets zen if you do it right, right? Like if you're not in like right. that type of traffic, you cannot possibly be in a zen state of mind when you're in. Yeah, but for me, it was also you know a low grade torment that just led to major existential crises, right? Uh, on a on a weekly basis, and so that 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 was me sort of channeling that into you know a song that it doth chugle. You know, it's it, yeah, <laughs> it's a chugler, yeah. like it's a rock song. And what's it is. what's the least likely topic like for a chuglin rock song to be about? How about commuting? Commuting, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, it's fun. 
And I mean, yeah, I, I started noticing one of the biggest things that bothered me was the um, just the sort of Matrix-esque uh, simulation of the fact that I would see the same car. See the same car over and over again. <laughs> every yeah, day, like, I swear I saw that right next to you, and it's yeah. the same guy. And it's like, yeah. you know, I'm in a medium-sized city, but it's like still. It's like, yeah, there's the same guy. He probably does the same thing. He probably pees at the same time in the morning that I do. <sighs> you know, he probably showers the same time I do. And then yeah, there yeah, he is yeah, again. Yeah. Right. And he's probably going, he's probably thinking there's that guy again. Yep. There he is again. That fucking silver truck. God damn it. He's driving too slow because he's too tired. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's very real, right? Like that's, yeah. that's something where that's. God, I have those thoughts all the time. Yeah, I've, I've just, I'm just like, this is not a life that is has value. If 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 this is something that you have to do this much, like, it's like, why, why, why are we doing this exactly? Why? And, you know, there's yeah. a multitude of reasons, and some of them are good, and some of them maybe aren't, and whatever. But like, I don't know. Like, it, it, it's 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 something I like. I didn't I didn't approach writing a song about it flippantly. If that makes uh. sense. Like, it was something like that. That's. Again, uh, it, it came from you know, living in the Bay Area, huh. and just seeing so many other people doing doing the commute at the same time, where it's like, like it's crazy, like how much energy, literally, literal energy, but how much energy is is wasted every day with people just going just so they can like be at an office doing a thing, right? Yeah, combining resources. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which is which is which is nuts. I mean, like, it's crazy if you stop and think about it. And it's not sustainable mm-hmm. in any way. And that's one thing that during the COVID times, when everyone uh, quaintly learned how to work from home, it's it sort of like, yeah, you come to realize that, oh yeah, a lot of in-person meetings could have been an email or could have been a phone call or whatever. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. The whole thing's built on a hollow farce of uh, trying to keep all this. <laughs> this stuff going <laughs> i mean i and i've talked about the throwback of this and it's still something that's fascinating to me is just the idea of the office building in the city that everybody commutes to to the suburb at what point in time yeah. does that giant monstrosity become obsolete that yeah, it's like why we'd be, we... be forced into addressing that soon you know yeah. right like I'm just, yeah i'm fully expecting to see just office buildings up for sale all over the place yeah. Well, I, I hope they can convert them to housing, if anything. Do something. Uh, Good luck. There's some, you know, I mean, <laughs> Christ, instead of just tearing them down and, and making a Hardee's, you know, let's uh, turn those places into apartments or, or for, for places, you know, for people to live. Do you guys ever pay attention to, like, how they have, like, skateboard culture? There's a whole thing about going into abandoned malls, like malls that are have been disused and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It'd be interesting to see if there was some kind of creative reclamation in that way towards office, but I don't know what right. that would be. <laughs> right. Yeah. I was having a weird thought kind of almost related to that the other day, just thinking, you know what? We're getting, we're getting so far away from malls that at some point they're going to come back. Like somebody's going to be like, Hey, retro. I'm going to put together this, like, it's going to be like an outdoor shopping center, but it's inside. Inside, man. Whoa. So gonna be like, you mean a mall? No, no, no. It's not <laughs> no, like that no, no. at all. It's not, it's not like that at all. It's totally different. Yeah. It's a mall. Yeah. It's <laughs> funny. Saying that. 
<laughs> yeah, it's funny how history swings that way. I had like two or three friends. They're younger friends, but they were they were talking about there. There's a uh, documentary out. I think it's on Netflix about this multi level marketing company that sold leggings. God, again, they were like, "Wow, this is amazing! Look at all they fucked all these people and took all their money and you know." And just being an older cat, I'm like, "Yeah, that's a pyramid scam." You yes. know. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we've known about that for a long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Welcome uh, to the party. Yeah. It's like, have we failed our children not telling them to like not do this? And they're like, wow, I've never heard of such a thing. I'm like, really? Well, mm, yeah. well I, think, I think people have an outsized idea of how history is communicated. Because there's, mm. there's all kinds of things that people, well, of course, everybody knows that. I'm like, well, how would they know that? Because yeah. again, we're in, we're in a situation now where there is record keeping, but the, the, the problem isn't the record keeping. The problem mm. is the ability to retain information and the ability to know to seek that information out. Because there's so much information now than there ever used to be that the idea of there being like forgotten history has less to do with the fact that it's the events were not important, but it's just that they're not relevant in the zeitgeist at that moment. Right. Yeah. yeah. Or, you know, there's also just that, new element that's coming in i don't know if it's necessarily new but of just people no fuck that i don't trust the source right right oh well and that's a whole different level of hell right the whole trusted source thing sure. of like well who is where did this information come from uh then i will determine if that is you know something that is real or something that is meant to fool or me. do i like yeah. it yeah yeah exactly does, does, does this information come from a a source that shares my values Right. That was coming. That was coming from a mile away. But the problem is, like, a bunch of people sure. just went, well, no, people are people aren't going to fall for that. Really? Yeah. You you really think yeah. people aren't going? You're giving people that much credit, huh? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's happening right yeah. now. You know, we're learning. Sure. Humans? Yeah. Right. I mean, it's all there in like uh, in older media. Like, look at Network. Right. One of my favorite movies of all time. Like, uh, it, it accurately showed the monetization of opinion attainment and uh you know cable mm -hmm. news taking a turn towards being profitable and uh you know meaning that like well eventually it's like it's going to be there to make cartoon caricatures of things that that were real because that's something that people would enjoy watching and it's all for the, like the the pursuit of the dollar it has nothing to do with like the news it has nothing to do no, with no news right. like, like of any kind or even catharsis it's literally just like what what gets people talk? I mean, like, you know, the, the fact that they, they went from like, you know, the daily Trump down, right. To like, just never mention him at all. Mm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and, but they, but like, if they know it's going to get people all riled up. So like one way or the other that, uh, you know, and he, I, that dude loves being mentioned. We've what's it positive or negative, right? No, it so doesn't matter. The fact that they, absolutely. So the fact that they deplatformed him, right. That's a different conversation, but the fact that that happened, it means that like, well, they had to find new content, right? They have to find a new villain right. of the day. Now the villain of the day is, is like Joe Manchin or, or Kristen Sinema. Right. Oh my God. Those two are driving me crazy. And, and yeah, I'm, it's annoying, but like, there's also news to report. You could also report on some fucking news, you know, like you could do that. Sure. As well. Sure. But I mean, that's no, fucking, that uh, yeah. I mean, and the, th the same thing with Biden too, is, is just the fact that it's been kind of of a boring 
presidency. Right. Um, but at least, yeah, I mean, I, God damn, I'm thankful for What's the status quo. What's not going to be boring reason. after the last one, though? <laughs> yeah, I, no mean, shit. I, think, I think everyone was craving a little boredom as far as that goes. Right? Yes, but like, exactly. It's relieving that it's like, you know, I mean, as we, we've had guests in the past say, oh, Jesus, I don't want to look at the news. I don't want to see what has he done now you know, yeah. when, when Trump was president. But it's like, you know, still, it's uh, it's like eh, not salacious enough. And it's like, well, we still have a president who's doing things. Yeah, it's just back to like, oh, occasionally it's goofy or just like, oh, that's just regular ineptitude or corruption rather than, right. like, you know, yeah. the ineptitude and corruption and, we had before. <laughs> oh, no. And I mean, if you're constantly in the spotlight, I mean, and it, yeah, no news is good news, in my opinion. And this in- here's some good news. I just I just read today. Like DirecTV, AT&T, they're like dumping the, uh, what is it, OANN, super right-wing, Trump-loving network. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, they're, they're, okay. uh, DirecTV's taking them off of the um, off of the roster. Although they still have Newsmax, and they still have Fox News, <clears throat> and they still have the other yeah. Fox News. So it's like, yeah. whatever. And like, you know, the Young Turks isn't on there. Like you've got right. like, uh, the... Right. The station that has a democracy now, it looks like it comes from a public access station in someone's basement. Uh, <laughs> right. <free. laughs> uh, that's what I always say about religious television channels. It's like, why can't Jesus afford HD? Exactly. <laughs> is this show being beamed in from 2002? Because it sure as hell looks like yeah. He's the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. And he can't yeah, get exactly. HD filming. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, you know, good. Like, they're that's like the worst representation of, of cable news possible. Right. Like, and it's, yeah. it's just, but it's, it's only gonna, uh, you know, unless there's big societal changes, introduction of like critical thinking somehow into, into the culture, like you're still gonna, oh. you're still going to be an inevitable slide towards that. I mean, you, it, you, once you have people that like, well, that that's not my news. Those aren't my facts. Well, that's, it's a uh, fucking fact. Facts right. don't care about <laughs> How you feel? We can get back to that. We got to get back to like fairness doctrine and uh, something. Even that, but there's no, but there's no, yeah, like there's no way people that are making money on it are going to allow for that. You know, that's what it comes down to. I think we might have had. Did we have this? I feel like we had this discussion. I think we probably did, or something similar. It was. We were really fired up coming up into the election time. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, and it's and rightly so right i mean it's because it's it sucks to be in this kind of situation where you just see things like being balkanized to the point of of just not even feeling like there's any common ground between the people you share oxygen with right yeah i mean crazy you can't january 6 holy fuck yeah i mean what a huge example of that yeah and the fact that like well, so this is so that was an event that it, it was that exact type of event was written out in the founding documents of this country, literally yeah. verbatim of like, here's what to do in these cases. And right. the, the, the solutions were both prescriptive and fierce, which is to say, usually involving people being hanged. Right. But like the language for that gradually got changed. It gradually got changed. Mm-hmm. There was, you know, the capital protests instead of like you know, capital riots, you right? Know, insurrection to right. riots to protests to like, oh, was this a disagreement? You know, it was like, no, the Confederate flag flew in the United right. States Capitol for the first time ever in our history. Right. Yeah. It just blows my mind. Like the, the walking back of things that like, no, we saw it. 
We saw it. Yeah, well, it's it's it, it's 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 an extension of the gaslighting, right? It's sort of like he's like, no, that didn't happen. Like we literally see it, saw it happening. But no, no, you didn't. No, see I that. fucking saw Z Nation with with Trump flags. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Yeah, and it's <sighs> it's it's just nuts that culturally we we've allowed it to be that way. And one of the reasons why is because the because uh, because. There's this still idea of there being a commonality of purpose where there's no commonality of purpose. You have like the Democrats that want to, quote unquote, to go to return to normalcy, which is impossible. We'll just, just let's just let's be explicitly clear about that. And they want to yeah. believe that everybody's you know, bipartisan acting in good faith. No, there has to be an agreed upon set of facts. There isn't there's an even agreed upon set of anything. Yeah. And that's part of the problem is like if, if, if one side was like, I want you gone, I want you dead, I want you no longer and they have made it abundantly clear that that is the case. What if we just maimed everybody? You know, like that's what the, the Democrats are doing. I'm like, no, don't talk about. No, they're not. <laughs> they still want you dead. Like offering to maim everyone doesn't <laughs> right. help. What if we right. just cut off one leg? You know, like, <laughs> like, and that's their idea of like, well, we did a great job. It's bipartisan. Right. Yeah. No. No, <laughs> and it's it's and it, we're ruled by these eighty year olds too. That's the thing that oh, like all yeah. of the congressional leadership, every one of them is like over eighty years old, and they come from a different, literally a different generation, a different generation politically that they they not only don't understand the challenges of today, they don't want to understand it. Exactly, right. exactly, and and they're more concerned with about being in the room. Of, of where the decisions and important things happen and not losing access, not losing access to that power than they are about actually pushing any kind of policy or doing any meaningful change. Everyone's just scared of being on the outside, scared of like losing their special privileges, being invited to the right parties. You know, it's, yeah. it's, yeah. it's as simple as that. Right. Or then, and then yep. you've got the mansion and cinema and it's the opposite, Right where they are, that's where they draw their powers. Being right on the outside, everybody wants me. Everybody wants my attention. I can go either way. Yeah, they, they, they get everybody. Everybody in the country knows their name, even if it's because they have a dartboard that has a face <laughs> on it, right? And they're are able to just rake in the money from all the various interest groups that you know. We're like, hey, make sure nothing happens. Yep. I wonder how much that ties into things like oral history that we don't exchange with each other. I, I made a, a, well, I shared a memory, I think in social media that I had about uh, my own kids where it's like, I'm really afraid that I dropped the ball on like not telling them fairy tales and like, you know, children's songs and things like that. Cause I yeah. mean, when my kids were little, I was like, here, listen to this. This is by the beastie boys, you know? <laughs> <laughs> right, 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 right. And, uh, but it was like, you know, they don't know like, you know, Georgie Porgy. Or, or they don't know, like, uh, you know, so many of these other things. And, like, people are going to look at them like they're crazy when they when they mention something like. Uh, yeah, like Grimm's fairy uh, tales or something. Or Grimm's fairy right? tale. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, sorry. I, you know, I was, you know, too busy, you know, let me listen to ministry records. and <laughs> <laughs> Right. Yeah, well, and we talked about that. So, you know, one of, one of the developments of, of just lately, you know, me just sitting around waiting to be able to tour again and, and get all these records out and stuff is, is that I've, I'm on this movie show now, which is great. Like last six months or so I've been co-hosting. Let's talk about that. Yeah. Give us some background on that. Oh yeah. So it's a so-called movie night extravaganza. The guy who put it together for us, he's um, basically been producer for a bunch of uh, different uh, talk shows. Um, like Michael Brooks is in the majority report and stuff like that. Ben Burgess, oh, et cetera, et cetera. 
and it started off being like just there were these sort of one off specials that uh, my friend Jason has a great show called This Is Revolution that's really good and really kind of come into his own huh? and it been important to people. But he like would include me on like, hey, we're going to talk about politics and, and music. OK, cool. Or we're going to talk about like, hey, we're going to like talk about uh, this or that or the other. And I'd be like, great. Let me, let me know. I'm there. And so I, I met all these guys. I think it was on like a, we were just about the Oscars. And then Forrest was like, I, I really have always wanted to do a movie show. I'm like, oh, that's that's awesome. You should do that. Like, that's great. So he, started, he made this movie show and I kind of came out as a guest. Huh? You know, it worked out well. So I kept kind of coming back on and it was like a feature guest. And then, like, well, do you just want to be a co-host? I'm like, sure. Uh, yeah, like, you know, I, I, <laughs> right on. Absolutely. Yeah. Like this is, this is fun. It's a, fu- it's a fun show. Like there doesn't, it hits differently than a lot of other movie podcasts. Like it's, it's more sort of irreverent yeah. and kind of, you know, moves quickly. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a movie show that I literally listened to before I was on it. So I was like, okay, cool. Cool. Uh, so that's, that's been great. And that's been growing like crazy. This month is all eighties fantasy movies. So we just did labyrinth. Nice. We did uh, Dark Crystal and Princess Bride and uh, yeah, things along those lines. Yes. And we had like a sci-fi month and we had like, you know, horror movie month and so on and so on. And, you know, it's 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 it's, it's good. It's it's, you know, it's basically me spending spending time in a way that is just not just staring at the walls. Right. So that's good. I'm watching yeah. the, watching movies anyway. So, yeah, well, I love film anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, so. Another good podcast, check out again. I mentioned our friend Mike Schulte, uh, mm-hmm. uh, the Pork Tornadoes, has a show called The Confused Breakfast, mm-hmm. which is which is also a uh, a movie podcast where basically you know people have these uh, this gestalt in their mind of what a movie was like, and then uh, these guys go back and rewatch it frame by frame and. Mm-hmm. It's Ed funny Dean's how they it. just break down. It's like you know, there's so much of the uh, the uh, the Mandela effect of what you <laughs> thought it was versus it's something like, different wow, versus what this it actually big, was. Yeah, this is like a big piece of shit. Remember that scene? What was going? You know, <laughs> it's uh it's uh it's really funny to listen to. But uh, shout out to Mike Schulte. Uh, check out the Confused Breakfast as well, well. Yeah, so that's what's funny with moving extravaganza is like you know we'll go back and like do something like they live or something and there's the idea of what people remember yeah. is they live and there's what it actually is and it, it's really interesting like taking that in a modern context and especially because like uh, not to put too fine a point on I'm kind of coming at it from a different place than those guys because I, I yeah, yeah I came up from punk rock and like I toured a bands you know <laughs> like it's, it's I got a different yeah. a different take it's, it's you know I I think it's interesting it's an interesting show and yeah. it's been it's been growing and it's weird it's to be like oh protonic reversal is way more popular than that show uh, cool. because I've never been in a position where I could say that like that is the case, but you know, it's working collaboratively and it's, it's, it's cool. Yeah. My, I'm not going to lie. I'm hoping at some point we can get on tour again, which means I'm not going to be doing two of those a week too. You know, right. right. So many podcasts people can do. Yeah. <laughs> now, we're talking about doing a spinoff. We did an episode. We just thought it'd be funny. Um, a while back to mm-hmm. uh, bring on Dr. N from another podcast called undetermined. Undetermined. Yeah. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Okay. She does like a mystery podcast, and we just we had a lot of fun doing it, and started talking. Like, yeah. Why don't we just do that? Just kind of a make it a you know semi regular thing. A mashup called yeah. Undetermines. Plural. Yeah, the Undetermined. The title in my head is like Undetermined Weird Shit. Weird Shit. Ah, yeah. Cool. <laughs> I gotta like it. Yeah. Why not? I mean. 
like playing with the form can be like lots of fun, right? Like, yeah. Why wouldn't you? And it's totally different format. I mean, like we did this. Uh, we I can't remember when we when we did it if we did it last time or not. But on Protonic, there was a special that was uh, is myself and Tony Ash from Secret Friends and Brian Walsby. Mm-hmm. Uh, who's in the great uh, Shiny Beast. He played in Polvo for a while, but he's like mostly known as a cartoonist these days. But we just talked about ACDC and like literally went through the entire ACDC discography and gave our thoughts on it. That'd be fun. That's great. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, and, and like we, you know, a lot of times we agreed, sometimes we didn't, but like uh, it was it was fun because it was like, oh, well, we all really like ACDC. Like, why don't we just do an episode of this? And yeah. it, it hit a different sort of audience that normally would the normal protonic audience and there's nothing wrong with playing with the form. No, I have <laughs> weird ideas all the time. Yeah. What, what if we did this? And I'm always hitting John with like some weird idea Yeah, of what we could try. And I'm always like, no, <laughs> no I'm just kidding. <laughs> that sounds awful. <laughs> Latest one I was thinking about was like, if, what if you just like did a show that was nothing but referrals, right? Like every guest is referred by the last guest. Mm. I kind of like that. Right? You don't really know where you're going to go. It's just somebody says, oh, this is who, because we get that all the time, and I'm sure you do too. Oh, you should talk to this person. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. What if yeah. that was like all you did? Yeah. My my latest idea, I saw this I saw this podcast coming out that looks really good. That's uh, It's all interviews with different bands that relate to them knowing something about a true crime incident. So it's like combining rock and roll and true crime. God, I can't think of the name of it. The dudes from Bleed Bleed the Victim shared it with me. And I was like, that's a really good idea. But I also thought since we're into like the paranormal and weird shit, Mm -hmm. why not do kind of the same thing? I mean, I guess there's been that show. It's like, you know, it was like the haunted you know, series on like rock stars talking about like Rian McIntyre's mansion. And yeah, shit we like could that. do something. Well, yeah, I'd love to do something. But I mean, like it'd be interesting, I think, to have just like a show that was just like anybody who had like a sort of paranormal or, or you know, psychonormal encounter. Or just bringing in like former guests or stuff, you know, people we already yeah, kind of have. Yeah. Like, you got any weird stories, Conan? Yeah. For UFOs, like, Bigfoots. Par- parapsychological. God, not Parapsychological, really. cryptid, uh, uh, fucking anything lost time uh psychic projection no. i feel like no. i should but i not really um, <laughs> I, I mean I, I if you if you want to talk about quantum entanglement inflection points and parallel universe theory i could do that for a while yeah didn't they recently quantumly entangle a water bear uh yeah i, I mean i think i that's there's there's all kinds of you know the, i mean there's whole disciplines of science that are and pseudoscience that, that are devoted to that kind of thing sure I, I have theories that a lot of things that are considered, you know, uh, paranormal or parapsychological are just things that we can't explain yet. Yeah. I'm thinking about the fact mm. that they used to think there was an element called phlogiston that created fire. Mm. Like there was an element that they thought they called it. They gave it a name. And that's before they understand the principles of combustion, right? They were just working with it with the, the way that they have. And I think that, you know, there's certainly a mindset that, the people over history have been like, well, we under- we understand all this. It's like, well, but do you? Because you're wrong. Right. You know, admitting, not admitting you're wrong is like not what I consider like the scientific method. Right. For that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, I don't know if anyone would be looking at, uh, you know, I, I've, I've ex- <laughs> to interested parties. I've, I've certainly explained my, my ideas um, with um, timeline inflection points and, um, parallel universes and 
Okay. Well, we're interested parties. So. Sure. <laughs> well, I mean, I think that there's so the idea of like if you look at it, like how how has it been depicted within movies and stuff, like movies like Sliding Doors and things like uh-huh. that. There's certain decision points, uh, things that happen. You know, Gwyneth Paltrow gets on the subway car, she doesn't get in the subway car. Her life turns out differently because of X, Y, and Z. Uh-huh. Now, there's one school of thought that says every every person at every time making any kind of decision uh, is constantly at a, a, an inflection point and that creates a new parallel universe. I don't think that's the case. Okay. I think that people run into them somewhat regularly and some run have them more often than not. And that if you are having awareness of uh, energy around you or are able to in whatever fashion uh, discern or feel it probably more accurately that you can know when there's a certain inflection point in the way that it will just feel important. Mm-hmm. It feels important. And even a way like this should not feel important Then what that is, that's an inflection point for something you don't understand yet. And that actually would cause a, a, a new, a new string that would cause a new, a tangent, right? Yeah. A, a new, a new universe that, you know, you will never be able to immediately discern or visit, but hmm. that is uh, what is actually happening. Okay. And that there is the ability that humans have and humans and probably some, some animals that to be able to feel that, but not understand what it is. Right. Other than we determine it as our conscious minds is this is important. But in some cases, some people, you know, just like, you know, what did Bill Hicks say? Like, uh, you know, spray paint to the third eye or something. <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. some, some people have like chosen to ignore that or like dull their senses to it or whatever, where they're, they're never going to notice or, or feel it, which doesn't mean it's not happening. Right. And some people would be like more attuned to it and, and maybe can, uh, determine that as, as various things. But I think with that and certain degrees of folks, the, the non um, the non soothsaying aspects of things like uh, future determinism and, and things along those lines, that that might be potentially someone that has a window into uh, those types of inflection points without necessarily being able to adequately understand what it is that they're seeing. Hmm. Right. So that, that's, that's, that's my theory on it. Um, it's based on, cause I, th- I, I'm a big fan of, um, Parallel universes, time travel, things like that uh, in, in uh, fiction yeah, and, and sure. whatnot. And, and I believe that there are such things as, you know, ley lines and stuff along those lines. Because, again, it's just because we can't immediately. I mean, nobody understood what radiation was until Madame Curie. Sure. <laughs> well, I mean, it's like sure. <laughs> it makes sense. There would be other forms of energy around that we just don't understand. Yeah, I was just listening to uh, Aaron Mankey's podcast. I like lore. I, I don't know if you've uh, listened. I mean, it's a pretty popular thing. But uh, I listened to him. He's, he's a great researcher on uh, things that just kind of cross from the paranormal into actual history. He has a great podcast. But uh, one of the things he said last week in an episode I listened to was it's it's he's interested to see. And I think Matt has mentioned this too before. What are those things two or 300 years from now that people are going to say, I can't believe they believed that shit. Right. Oh, sure. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Or how did they not know about this? The X wave, the, you know, this wave, that wave. Yeah. Yeah. Well, th- think about, think about not just my phlogiston example. Right. But think about the uh, fact that at the beginning of the dawn of radiation, nobody like even thought about the fact that maybe you'd want to wear some protective covering and shielding. <laughs> right. You know, like, Oh yeah, that might yeah. be a good idea to do that. You know, like for that understanding that lead would be a substance that would maybe be beneficial in that manner. Oh, sure. And, and I think that that's, I don't know, like, like I don't go too far down, down the rabbit hole on some of that because it's sort of like there, there's also, 
uh, you know, I'll praise for those that do like to chase that. But like for me, it's it's more well, that's interesting. You know, I'm I'm always down to to check that out. Like I think, um, you know, when they, they talk about the uh, the hadron collider and stuff like that, it's sort of like yeah. that's, it's great. Uh, I, I'm right. all into that. Like that's it's like okay, the LHC like that, that was a big week. Yeah, when when it <laughs> you know it's like that was a monumental moment in science. I mean, some but some people also talk about like. Hey, what if that blasted up a, 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 a parallel universe? And to which I would say that that happens every day, right? It almost assuredly did. Yeah, Betty X <laughs> talked to us about that. She's she's convinced. Betty's convinced that uh, that's what happened uh, when they had Run Collider uh, create the molecule. It just created a new uh, a timeline. She's got a very convincing argument for it too. Sure, but also uh, like like the, like the theory I sort of subscribe to is that that happens like you know thousands of times a day too. Right. Just, that, that would be like yeah. a more extreme version of it. I think people are used to the idea of it being fictionalized in the way they're like, Oh, now we're in the universe where everybody has mustaches and they're evil. Right. Okay, great. Yeah. <laughs> right. so I, I tell you the most compelling thing to me right now is the fact that we've gone through the Trump era, right? That even happened, right? Exactly. Yeah. right? Like in most yeah. universes, you know, that didn't happen. <laughs> right? yeah. And I'm kind of pissed off. But I'm stuck in the one that it did. <laughs> yeah, the the reality show guy, really? Yeah. But... <laughs> yeah. In accordance with some theorists, like an infinite number of universes where that did not happen. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, there's certain things like, do you remember the in the in the in December? I think where they talked about like there was a bunch of neutrinos that were inside the particle accelerator that hadn't been there before, and like that was sort of like, mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like like that that stuff's interesting. But like I said, the the um like inflection point theory is, is basically says that this stuff's happening all the time. It's just that you know, yeah, it's, it's it may be something more mundane. Have you ever seen the show Counterpart? Oh yeah, with the uh, uh, J.K. Simmons. Uh, um, J.K. I was gonna say J. Jonah Jameson, <laughs> which <laughs> is also guy. true. Also true, which is that's a character. Yeah, same thing. <laughs> yeah, I was watching that, and it kind of seemed like I, I don't. I, I kind of stopped watching. It. I don't really know why. I never like really finished that off, but I like the idea of it a lot. I mean, that was yeah, it was pretty interesting. Oh, no, it's okay. worth checking out. Unfortunately, they like canceled it. Yeah, it was doing well, but they canceled it because they just wanted to change demographics. Apparently, but uh. I think that it's, it's so. So if you subscribe to you know parallel universe theory, then like everybody wants to to like think about it in terms of like what if the Nazis won World War Two, right? You know, like uh, yeah, man, I castle kind of thing. And sure, yeah. sure, that <laughs> would be there, but then there also you know would be like, oh, you know, what if. I freaking uh, ran over a nail and got a flat tire instead. Right. I'd be late for work, and, mm-hmm. you know, and it wouldn't necessarily always be a spectacular outcome. It's just that those are the kind of things that make for better narrative fiction. But the idea is, you got you got to understand, like it wouldn't just be billions; it would be billions upon billions upon billions, like Googleplexes of Googleplexes of uh, scenarios of possibilities yeah. and scenarios right. every single day. But Fact of the matter is that I don't believe there would be every decision any person ever made. Mm-hmm. I, I just think I think that there is a, there, there's a certain probability towards inflection points. Inflection points could be someone has sure someone has billions of them in their lifetime. Some people may only have one, right? Like it, and yeah. maybe it's just happenstance too. Maybe it's just like you know one quark goes one way, and then uh, you know, next thing you know, like the atomic bomb is discovered by. <laughs> the Japanese first or something, you know, like who knows? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm also kind of a, a, I believe in that philosophy, just the fact that, you know, maybe the flap of a butterfly wing or, or one blade of grass laying another way doesn't necessarily, it's not going to make a big fucking difference. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. So, so the butterfly <laughs> flaps the wing and like, all right, big fucking yep. deal. You know, nobody cares. So nothing, nothing, nothing's different at all. It's just flapped its wing and like, it didn't matter. Right. You know how many times I caught those things in the grill of my car? <laughs> right, right, exactly. And so that's going to be the scenario more often than not with with this particular theory, meaning that like 99.999 right. uh, X amount of nines percent of the time that that's going to be what it is. But there's, every once in a while, things things will happen. Yeah. And that you wouldn't be able necessarily to discern your particular inflection point from like, you know, say, delaying the, the shooter of John F. Kennedy from getting up to the, the book depository or right. like, you know, deciding whether I have a ham sandwich or a chicken sandwich that day. Right. You wouldn't actually, you didn't know what it is unless you had some uh, foresight or ability to see an outcome of some kind or, or just right. be able to, to feel that out. That's an interesting question. Cause can you think of like a moment in your life where something that you did, you know, that didn't seem like it was maybe that big of a deal at the time ended up changing everything. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like m- yeah. multiple ones. In fact. Yeah. And th- this is what kind of led me to start sort of researching that thing. I do my own research. What? <laughs> uh, <laughs> researching this this idea because it was sort of like, oh, yeah. And, and you learn later that like, oh, when I did that or when, the, when, this, when this decision was made by me or an outside party or whatever, that led to this, which led to that. It'd be interesting what would happen if that had not have happened. Would that have right. turned out the same? You know, we don't know. Like, and it could be something as simple as like, hey, I didn't get into the car at this time and everyone was in a terrible car accident. Yeah. And, and that's why I don't think uh, a time travel is going to happen within my lifetime, because I know there's two or three that if I had access to a time machine, I'd be like, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, knock or, it off. No, but this is one that comes back to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's it's like so innocuous and it doesn't seem like anything, but I swear to God, it set me on a path. Yeah. In high school, my school paper had a contest. They were just asking people to write in about why they believed in Santa Claus. Okay. So I was like, yeah, fuck it. That sounds like fun. You know? So I wrote this story about why I believed in Santa Claus and I swear to God, just doing that. And it, it wasn't even like that big of a deal. Like my class was like, oh, that's good. And I was like, cool. And I felt good. And they're like, you should take creative writing. So, okay, I'll take creative writing. I took creative <laughs> writing and creative writing in that class. I really liked it. And we had a publication mm-hmm. and we had to go get sponsors, you know, to keep, put it out because I did that. We hit up the radio stations in town, met the guy who hired me for my first radio job because I talked to him and he was like, wow, you know, you seem really interested. You want, and he gave me a shot. Right. And it just like this whole ball started rolling because I wrote this story about Santa Claus. And it's like, I can keep going with this story. Like it's influenced. No, no, but there's ripple effects. Yeah. Yeah. No, I get it. I a hundred percent get it. Uh, you know, like I, you know, so I'm going to tell you just from you know my personal standpoint that like there was a benefit show for a band, uh, the drummer for a band called uh, Brickbat hmm. from uh, Wilmington, North Carolina. And uh, some some of those guys played in um, there was a Hank, Hank, Hank for uh, was a band, San Francisco band 
uh, they had some ties to it. I don't remember exactly what it was, but they, they did like a like a benefit show, and uh, David Yao, who's friends with those guys, yes, and Mac McNeely uh, play. They play like some Brickbat songs, like David Yao sang them, and, and so on and so on. Anyway, but it was a benefit show, huh? and they had like a like a bidding. Here's the charity gifts, right? That you can uh-huh. bid on. Uh, right. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'll throw in for that. Okay, cool. And so, you know, two of the things that you could do is either like you could do um, luxury hotel room. Mm-hmm. That was one of them, right? Like luxury hotel room and like this this posh hotel. The other one was uh, be a radio DJ for the week. Oh. For, for the local community station. So I was like, oh, that'd be interesting. Yeah. I'll throw in for that one. But it, and, and so that eventually led to me starting up with the embryonic version of Protonic Reversal which then <laughs> led to me becoming, you know, pretty good at, uh, you know, doing that kind of thing. And like eight years later, still doing it. And it being a huge yeah. part of my life. So you won. Which I've like had these conversations with people. I, I, I did win that one. Yeah. What were the, what were the odds? Do you remember? Well, it was, I mean, it was something like, you know, 40, 40 people threw in. I mean, it was like a small, small benefit. Yeah. But like if I had not have yeah. won that, like what I have thought to, to do the show and if this if i had done the show the show been in the same way would there be people that like whose bands reconciled because they like heard like an episode of someone on the show and then they got in touch blah blah Mm. blah this and that you know like what what were the repercussions that would have been and that was literally just like a a charity raffle no i totally get it like this is like central casting for like a sci-fi movie of of (laughs) there's conan wins this prize conan does not win this prize and uh, Mm. i don't know that's the same thing. Yeah, yeah. I don't know that we'd be talking here if I hadn't started on that path. Yeah. 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 I was I was just thinking about Adam Casto today in that regard. Uh, at perf- I would not know you guys if not for Adam. If anyone's still paying attention, that's... <laughs> he was just... And I mean, I think he was just following somebody that we followed, that we were fans of, and yeah. we saw his, like, you know, avatar or whatever of the Galactic Turkey artwork. Right. And Matt uh, saw it and was like, let's, you know, he went and just kind of followed him, clicked, you know, you know, falling down the rabbit hole. And it's like, oh, this guy's got some good music. You know, he's like, hey, you want to invite this guy on? And I listened to like a couple of tracks from Nerd Table. And I was like, yes. And he's like, well, do you want to like vet him or check him out? I was like, no. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, this guy's legit. Well, yeah. And then that led to, you know, Adam led to me being on the show. And then, you know, right. we, I connected you with some other folks and vice versa. Sure. And, you know, like as communities work, <laughs> as it's supposed yeah. to work. I believe that. And I appreciate that so much. Yeah. He's a conduit of cool. I, I still stay in touch with him all the time. He's, good. He's a good pal. Well, I mean, that's how community should work. There should be an exchange like that. Yeah. And I'm, I'm honestly kind of surprised. Oh, so that's been another thing that's been kind of cool with doing the movie next Travianza show is that there is a, uh-huh. a real community of people kind of helping and like uplifting each other and, and like, you know, listening to each other's shows and you know, giving them props. And, and, you know, that's awesome because it's sort of. Yeah, I don't know. For, for the longest time, I, I just pretty much felt like I was like off, you know, off of my raft and in the middle of the ocean, practically adrift. Yeah. You know, like it's, it's it's a lonely format. It's you're you're yeah. talking yeah. to these microphones, and that's great, and you're having great conversations. And is anyone listening? Well, maybe they will, and maybe they'll maybe it'll be next week. Maybe it'll be a year and a half from now. But that's now a moment frozen in time that's like archived and still there for anyone Posterity. to find it. No, that's one of my yes. favorite things. And it's just kind of crazy. Yeah. Yes. That, yep. I mean, that's time travel in and of itself. I'll have someone like literally repeat back something that I said on a show, usually something pretty funny. I'm like, oh, that's hilarious. I'm like, you said it, asshole. I'm like, 
Really? <laughs> yeah. I guess nope. that does kind of sound like me. <laughs> no, I think about stuff like that. I think about like when I was learning about radio and just how radio waves just travel forever. Mm. Like, yeah, I think it's cool as shit that my voice is like floating out in the universe forever. Somewhere out there. Yeah, absolutely. No, I mean, that's it's huge, right? I mean, like, and that's uh Sign her up, but like uh, that—that's why I choose chose uh, the shellac song into radio to be the end thing for Britonic. Because mm. you yeah. know that idea of, of like you know, you know, some of the lines like, "Can you really call broadcasting if there's no, if there's nobody listening?" But the idea of there being like transmissions that are picked up like later on, like years down the line, because they're just broadcast out into space, and you're still hearing this moment like captured in time. And there's something kind of romantic about that and kind of cool. Yeah, uh-huh. I like that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. One of my favorite things I did, I think in the first year of our podcast, somebody did this art project where it was, um, it was somewhere in the Netherlands in like the middle of fucking nowhere. They put a speaker out that just like played to like puffins and marmots and shit. It just, I mean, no people around for hundreds of miles. And the idea was you could upload like 10 minutes of content and it would mm-hmm. play out in the middle of this just Arctic field <laughs> to nobody. And I uploaded like uh, the legend of Danny McCandy, like what, it, one of our first like conversations on the show. And I was like, yeah, that's out there. You're, <laughs> and, you're, baff- you're you know, baffling some flightless birds right now. Yeah, uh, lemmings. <laughs> Congratulations. <you> know, yeah. <laughs> lemmings diving off a cliff are going, oh, huh. That's kind of funny. <laughs> or they're not. Yeah. Yeah. But I, yeah, well, I kind of felt bad that they were torturing the wildlife. <laughs> the wildlife's like, we did not sign up for this. I just, it was hilarious to me. So sure. uh, but, they were like, yeah, you are number like, you know, 118 in the queue or whatever your broadcast will go out on like November 17th or whatever. And I was like, yeah, it got played up there. And then, you know, I don't know. There's, there's something to be said too, for just knowing that that was the only thing that ever was happening at that moment in time. Right. You know, yeah, that, partic- exactly. that particular ice flow. <laughs> <laughs> that particular conversation <laughs> right. and those particular like your batch uh, of wildlife I, and yeah. that's going back to the conversation about the commuter and like having these like repetitious experiences and, and feeling like you're uh-huh. like stuck in the matrix or something along those lines I used to take comfort in, in the fact that like I'm the only person on this elliptical machine right now who is listening to the birthday party yeah. who was you know yeah. like whatever yeah. like some very specific set of criteria that like I, I would I would think about just to give myself some acknowledgement of, of there being um, like unique patterns of behavior in the world and yeah Right. You are somebody. I think we all do that. I think, I hope so. I, well, yeah, I, some people don't No, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe some people just don't think about it at all. I mean, some people just seem to be happy and that seems to work out well for them. You know? Yeah. <laughs> that sounds great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think that my nature is, is almost constant movement and, you know, moving forward. Right. And it's not to denigrate what it came before, but I mean, certainly anything creative, you know, I'm always kind of pushing towards the next thing and, and trying to work on that and, and, and make it cool and interesting. And that's, I mean, I'm so excited about the, all the dangerous nomenclature stuff and all the rest of the stuff that's coming out this year that it's like, wow, yeah, this is some of the best work this band has done, you know? And then that's, of course, I think oh, that good. everybody, every artist thinks that, you know? <laughs> right. But no one has done exactly what you're doing. Right. Well, Exactly. And it's fucking outstanding. I, I just got to say, I'm, I'm oh, thank not, you. Thank like, you. I'm not placating. I, it's sincere. And then that's uh, for sure. 
that's been an important part of this show. I think from the get go is sincerity. It's, uh, you know, I like that. And any person that I talk to, I don't talk to people who just aren't. And, uh, yeah, I, man, I really dig this new shit. It's, it's, it's that's great. Awesome. There's a, there's a, the princess bride that we covered on movie next extravaganza. There's a great scene mm-hmm. where, um, uh, Carrie Owens and, um, Mandy Patinkin are sword fighting. He's like, Oh, you know, mm-hmm. You're a very good sword fighter. And, and he says, thank you. I've worked very hard to become so. And I was like, oh, wow, that's a good way to answer that because it doesn't minimize it. <laughs> right. <laughs> and it's a, but it's an acknowledgement of it. Like, so I was like, that's really and like that hit me totally differently this time. So I'm like, huh, because I'm always sort of like, like, you don't want to downplay it. Like, I bust right. my it's ass. It's a weird this, balance. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like, also, you don't want to be like, well, I know I work very, hard. Yeah. you know, like that's a, I thank you. I've worked very hard to become so. Right, you don't want to be like, I'm the shit. You don't want to be a dick about it, but at the same time, you know what? It's okay to say, I'm good at this. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, how many episodes have you guys done? Like, you know, it's... it's We're getting into hundreds now. now. Yeah, Yeah, and and so it's not like you're novices at this. You know how to do a good show. You know how to guide a conversation. You know how to not guide a conversation to get something cool. It's a skill. So when somebody would say, like, hey, you know, you guys do a good podcast. Yeah. You can say thank you, thank you. I yeah. worked very hard to yeah. become so. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I just thought that was such a cool thing because it's. I, I think that there's just there, there's this weird culture that we've built up that you're not allowed to acknowledge that, uh-huh. or it's somehow debasing to do so, or you're coming off like arrogant or, or whatever along those lines. But then by the same token, because it drives profit if you are able to share the content of others that's already in the zeitgeist and that is uh, tacitly rewarded and i just find that such a bizarre dichotomy mm, yeah i mean you guys have people on that you find interesting right, right? you have on like, huh? big people you have you have on artists that you know you like a lot that people should know about i do the same thing right for protonic uh-huh. and i always appreciate when me who's not like you know i'm not a nobody but i'm not a household name either I'm somewhere like way in between that when I when I get the opportunity to be on a show, I'm, I was like, yeah, great, cool. Let's do it. Let's do something cool. And I always want to engage with good faith in that way because that's how things get built. And that's how you make connections. And being supportive and having a communitarian mindset, it's not hard, but it does require effort. Yeah. And it requires effort because we're being programmed every single day to not do that because that doesn't monetize things. Or to do right. so in a specific way, right? right. In a specific way that rewards the at the particular service that you're utilizing right and and like checks those boxes and do and and does those kinds of things which isn't to say that you can't do it on like a thing like facebook or twitter or whatever along those lines but just realize that you know if you're not paying for a product you're you're the product right yeah yeah Yeah. well and i think it's important too and in in talking about it as we were not to i don't want to bring it down but talking about death and grief i I can remember somebody and it was actually a minister and you know i'm not a really religious person but a minister told me after my father's death that uh you know people are saying like i'm so sorry for your loss and so you know and this and that it's like it's very easy to just kind of uh shrug those things off you don't know those people that well but he told me something that was important he said don't deny those people their blessing to you right and that's the same way with taking a compliment yeah you know, and I know it weirds people out to compliment them on their work uh, sometimes because you just, you know, sometimes you don't feel worthy. It makes you feel weird. Uh, whatever to say, oh, thank you for praising me. 
<laughs> you know, yeah. no, don't deny people their blessing to you. And, and it's, it's for them in a lot of ways. Just to no, say. no. And I, that's something I have to work on all the time. If someone gives me a compliment, you know, oh, you did this. Uh-huh. No, I, I, my first instinct is to tell, yeah, here's all the shit that was behind <laughs> it. Oh no. could have been better. <laughs> yeah. Here's the reasons why it was terrible. Well, and that's so, so you, you, that's perfect because the idea of, you know, when I started touring, like I had to learn how well, my feelings of the show were didn't actually matter. Yeah. Like it mattered in, in terms of what it meant to me, but it didn't matter for someone that shop, saw the show and had a great experience. It was actually selfish to me to try to talk them out of that. Well, we, you know, we right. blew it on the opening of the uh, new song and like so-and-so was out of tune for this and blah, 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 blah. Right. No, 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 don't do that. Yeah. They don't want to hear that shit anyway. Well, exactly. <laughs> you know? And like, yeah. you're this, this is someone that like, they want to tell you, Hey, you know, I had a good time tonight. I had a good and time. like yeah. the thing you say is you grit your teeth if you fucking have to. And you say, thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and whatever you were like exactly. i was at open war with you know my bandmates or like just something was off the entire right. time i had to take yeah. a massive dump like whatever it doesn't matter. <laughs> none of that none of that matters at all just say thank you yeah. and grit your teeth and to a certain degree i feel like some of that stuff should be like in a guidebook for being creative it should yeah because I feel like people that really ought to know how to do that don't. And also, if you, I think that there's this idea that people it, it somehow diminishes your own art to be a fan of the art of others. And that's absurd. No, that's yes. stupid. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. But many of many of us as artists are self-deprecating. You know, and they say, oh, that keeps it on your keeps you on your toes. And I, I don't necessarily know that that's true. Yeah, I guess. I mean, the, the world will drag you down plenty on your own. You don't need to do it yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Right. <laughs> yeah. Don't be your own enemy. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it's, which isn't to say that like go through life, like with this myopic gaze of, of feeling like everything you do is fantastic. That's, that's not, that's no. the other extreme of it. Right. But like, yeah. I kind of have the philosophy and I tell this to a lot of people. This is when I'm working, you know, I'll tell this to be, I and mean, you'd be surprised how many times they pause. Right. And think, wow. Yeah. No, that makes sense. And I'll, I'll just say, you know what? I'm a big believer that a lot of the time people are beating themselves up when they should be lifting themselves up. Yeah. I mean, and and there's something to be said for being that in the world. You know, when you see a band that, oh, you know, that just not be relegated to bands. Obviously that's the, the world I live in, but that you like, they're just doing something special that you love, like tell people and tell them. Sure. You, I mean, you never know, like, what's going on in people's lives, like outside of the creative world that like, maybe they're having a shitty day, yeah. you know, like let's be clear, like during like COVID times, a lot of us are having shitty days all the time. Right. So mm-hmm. some random affirmation is not the worst thing in the world. Like to, to be able to be like, Hey, exactly. I jammed out the record day still slaps. Yes. <laughs> like, like great. That's, I mean, that's awesome. Right. When I get messages like that, like I'm like, fuck sure. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, there needs to be a lot more of that going on on social media, I think, too, especially when we're in this isolated state. It's just, you know, uh, share love, uh, let people know, share their shit, uh, tell them, hey, love it, dig it. You know, if you don't, don't. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, and also, so that's the other thing, right? It's not a necessity to have an opinion on everything. No. Right. <laughs> and that's and that's what and, and like I've noticed the new thing that uh, Facebook is doing. Mm-hmm. Is 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 being like so and so has a new story up. What's your reaction? My reaction is I don't have a fucking reaction to it. Fuck you. <laughs> right. Like, <laughs> right. Don't tell don't tell me what to do. How dare you? Yeah, I'm I'm making a sandwich. That's my reaction. I'm, it's fucking yeah. lunchtime. <laughs> my reaction is 
dismissed. I don't care. Right. Like my right. reaction is, can you show me the things I want to see sequentially? No. Okay. Fuck yeah. off. No. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, it's not, it's not relegated just to the one, the one format though. I mean, that that's just like, it, I think that it, there's, there's money to be made in isolating people and making them feel like the, the things are wanting. Oh yeah. You can sell them shit when they, when they're in that state. So yeah, you make it seem fun. Like you make it seem like you're supporting the individual without actually supporting the needs of the individual. And there you go. Recipe for profit. Yep. Yep. And then they receive You don't want to support the needs of the individual. Then you, then you can't sell them shit. Yeah, exactly. And then they <laughs> hey, we got widgets to sell then, here. Uh, yep. yep. Then they get that widget. And then a week later they're like, Oh, I need a new widget. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's how it works. Widget envy. Yeah. <laughs> Another great band name. Yeah. I also, and I say this to someone that most of my most of the people I know that I'm close with are creative people, and and some of them are are, are fan, you know, amazing. Like just, and some of them are are good, and some of them are like only okay. But I think this idea that's being pushed now, again, by people selling shit normally, that everyone is creative. No, everyone is not creative. No, I can assure you that is not the case. And like that is openly dangerous for, for a lot of reasons, not the least of which is the fact that it's already like a glut of information and infotainment anyway, that people have a hard time parsing through because human minds are not meant to take information in that way that to have like people just like, it shouldn't be, Oh God, that must sound like such an asshole. It shouldn't be that easy. (laughs) You know what I mean? Right. Like it should hurt yeah. a little. No, I it should. Yeah, yeah. It should. Like, cause it, cause that means you really want it. That means it's actually important to you. We're like, you know what? I don't give a fuck about this. Like, great. Then don't do it. Like, <laughs> I mean, there's uh, there's things that like I have an interest in. I'm not gonna like try to sculpt or something. I think it's cool. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm just gonna say sculpture. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I don't have to do it. It's great. I, I yeah. acknowledge it when when people make great visual art. Yeah. I'm a little above mediocre. You know, yeah, <laughs> I'll do it if I have to, yeah. you know, but I could I have applied myself on it? Sure, I guess. But like, right. I, you know, just because you can do something doesn't mean you have to, too. And I feel like there's this idea that people constantly have to develop every skill they have and be creative, putting application uh, to somebody to be creative when they're not a creative individual. That's terrible. Mm-hmm. That's as terrible as like taking someone who is creative and trying to make them be a factor. Right. No, I agree. And uh, man, there are times because I love creativity and I love people that are artistically talented mm-hmm. and there are things that I'm better at and things that I'm not that great at. And it fucking pisses me off that some of the things that I'm just not great at, like I love music, you know, I love music. I am not a musician. I, I wish I were. Right. Right. And it hurts me. It's like hurts me to the core that I'm not. Yeah, yeah, because you because you want it. You you want you're like, hey, I have all. There's all these reasons why I would be good at it. There's uh, there's this level of interest I have in it, but it's either uh-huh. you know it's it it shouldn't be a failing that you're not. But also, uh, and, and sorry to interrupt, but like I, I go back to that. Um, is it Ira Glass from uh, This American Life? That's that Ira. Oh, I love that guy. He has this great. I don't know. I, I, mean, I think I saw it as a meme or something. Oh, I found, I found it. I, found, I just read it for you guys if you okay. want. This, okay. Stop me yeah. if this sounds familiar. But nobody tells this to people who are beginners. And I really wish somebody had told this to me. All of us who do creative work, we get into it because we have good taste. 
but it's like that there's this gap for the first couple of years you're making stuff. What you're making isn't so good. It's not that great. It's trying to be good. It has ambition to be good, but it's not that good. But your taste, the thing that got you into the game is still killer. And your taste is good enough that you can tell that what you're making is kind of a disappointment to you. A lot of people never get past that phase and they quit. Everybody I know who does interesting creative work, they went through years where they had really good taste and they could tell what they were making wasn't as good as they wanted it to be. They knew it fell short. Everybody goes through that. And if you're just starting out or if you're still in this phase, you got to know it's normal. And the most important thing you can do is do a lot of work. Do a huge volume of work. Put yourself on a deadline so that every week or every month, you know you're going to finish one story. It's only by going through volume work that you're going to catch up and close that gap. And the work you're making will be as good as your ambitions. It took longer to figure out how to do this than anyone I've ever met. Oh, I took longer. Sorry. Uh, it takes a while. It's going to take you a while. It's normal to take a while. You have to fight your way through that. Yep. So there you go. Wow. I think that is like one of the best pieces of advice I've ever seen or heard. Or That's yeah, that's some science right there. Wisdom. I, I mean, like there's this expectation, especially now that if you don't are immediately a success, that you're a failure. And it's like, well, failure yeah. is part of life. Oh, yeah. Like you have to like get OK with with not even being bad, but like not being good enough. Right. To be able to be great. Yeah, everything's a grind. Even working at a sawmill is a grind <laughs> exactly. uh, to get good at anything. But I, I've, I've never just never heard it quite articulated that way. And I think that's yeah. something that I think there's this push towards making people feel like just that, that if they don't succeed immediately, that, it's, oh, it's over. It's like, well, mm. no, you got to put in the work. Right. Or, or the myth that you can do anything you want to. And I, I don't know if I'm great with. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Hell no, you can't. No. No. God. You know. Especially when we were kids and we're like, you can be president of the United States of America. It's like, no, we fucking can't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All you got to do is get the, get the right interest groups on your side and you're all set. Right. You're right. You have a shit ton of money and everything else. I'm, come on. Right. You know, so, so that's realistic. that's the problem is that there's this middle ground between you want to be able to give people hope and something to aspire to, right? But you don't want like you want to have empathy, but not ruinous empathy, right? Right? You, there, there, there's a there's a place in, there's a place in the middle. What you got to realize is that our entire culture was set up in such a way that those needs are not supported or, or acknowledged, even so that everyone's kind of constantly flailing. Yeah, and and you know my response a lot of that is I I withdraw significantly from social media like with some degree of alarming regularity mm -hmm. because to me it's it's i feel like it sucks creativity away yeah so if i need to like work on something like you're not going to see me like you know posting uh <laughs> you know which battle bot are you quiz or something <laughs> 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 like <Yeah. laughs> you know like it, it's just this is not going to be a thing because that's not but it's not like i'm trying to be aloof or whatever i just am doing it for my own sanity right Really? Because then you don't yeah. have to think about, God, which battle bot am I? Yeah, God, which battle <laughs> Yeah, God, so many battle bots I could be. Yeah. Now I have to think about all the Care Bears right. and figure out which one. <laughs> exactly. Oh, shit. Well, I'm kind of a grumpy, but also kind of. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> uh, but, but then, like, for me, then it's like, well, okay, now, since I'm not doing those things, I'm going to sit down and actually get to work. And then I'll get to work. And once I start doing it, it's great. Uh -huh. But I got to I gotta start doing it first. And that's. Even for someone like myself, and I've said this in a in other interviews and other shows I've been on, it's like people people look at, at the output of what I do and like, wow, you're you're relentless. 
Like you, you're constantly doing stuff. You're constantly huh? putting things out, making things, and, and and they're not wrong. But what what I say is that like, yeah, but there's nine times out of the ten that I'm not able to do that. Mm. Like I'm just like emotionally not ready, or I don't have the time, or it's just not there. And you never see that piece of it, right? So what you can determine from that is that I put more effort towards that than I guess a lot of people do. But effort is effort. Effort is not results. And I'm better about turning effort into results now than I used to be. But there's sometimes, you know, I, sometimes you just, it's not there. Yeah. You're, you know, you're like, you're, you're digging, you're, you're, you're panning for gold and you're like, nope, just mud today. Right. And it's the difference between forcing it and allowing it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and sometimes it's like, oh, it was mostly mud, but there was like tiny, teeny, tiny little ingot. Couple of flakes. Okay. Well, okay. Then there's something there. So let's save that. And then, you know, tomorrow we'll, we'll try again. And sometimes you're like, woo, gold for everybody, you know, like right. <laughs> it's easy. <laughs> and, and, and the important thing is to, to look at it long game that it, it it's, um, it's like long distance running versus sprinting. Mm. That, that if you look at it that way, that you're going to have, uh, peaks and valleys for it. Yeah. Being creative becomes easier because you, you get, you get to be like, well, I've got a stitch in my side. I feel like I'm going to vomit right now, but I know I'm going to, I'm going to be good, like rally later on when I see that like the finish line's coming. Yeah. And if you can, if you can think of that and look at that with that long picture in your mind, it makes it easier to get over the the rough the rough patches or when things aren't aren't happening. It does. It does. That's a lot of analogies at once. No, sorry, but. no. no man. <laughs> yeah, it's great. No, I think it's a good time for those things too. Yeah, it absolutely. I think it's a really easy time to be discouraged and I fight it every day. Yeah. I've seen people that to me would have no reason to be discouraged about anything. Like I'm like, wow, you're, you know, like you've already like made this incredible body of work and you're a Titan in, in the minds of like, you know, so many people, but they're, they're just like, what's the point? Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, that's a complicated question, my friend. Yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> And part of that is finding deeper meaning within yourself. Like in the same way that, um, you know, as a musician, as a musician, uh, <laughs> you know, sometimes you like go see like a really killer show, like a, a show from bands. It's like, wow, there's firing on all cylinders. You know, the song selection was great. The show was good. I'd always, especially when I was younger, be like, I want to go play immediately. Like, can we go practice right now? Like, oh man, like I want, like you were fired up to like to do it. Right. Right. And I just, I wonder for those kinds of experiences with everybody being like, you know, quarantined and isolated, not able to do like live events. Or if you are, there's this, like this, this specter hanging over you of constant danger that it's easier for everything to kind of seem more like prison food. You know, it's all thin gruel. Mm. Right. Yeah. And I don't have an answer for that because I'm a victim of that. Yeah. You don't know people are receiving it. You don't, you know, you don't get the feedback and it's it's, it's like a passive medium, right? Like I'm sure for for the people that that like doing the, Hey y'all playing our songs on Facebook live. Cool. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Good for you. That's not heart symbol, heart symbol, heart symbol. Yeah. Yeah. Well, exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Smash that like button. What does that mean? Yeah. Yeah, But it's, it's, there's something kind of clinical and cold and alienating about it that again, it couldn't for, for a lot of these corporations could have happened at a better time. Because they're already like profiting off of off of that. I mean, already profiting off of people's misery. Right. Right. It's just like, oh, great. People are more miserable. That's more money in the bank account. 
yeah, <laughs> the carpetbaggers, uh, the carpetbaggers are always going to find a way to profit off of anything. More peace, uh, well, you know, disease, anything. Human ingenuity, you know. right? <laughs> right. <laughs> sell, sell them the rope that uh, to hang themselves with, right? <laughs> well, somebody's going to do it. Yep. Rope's really popular these days. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's like again, just to reference uh, Saint Bill Hicks, like you know, oh, the anti-marketing dollar—that's a good dollar. Oh, now he's doing the trap <laughs> dollar. Oh, that's a very good. That's, you know, our market research says that many people feel that way. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, yeah. But I mean, you know, here's here's the deal. I think we have a lot of self-awareness about a lot of things right now, hmm. but I don't feel that the emotional needs are at the same level of development culturally right now. In fact, I say mm. they're in a state of arrested development. Oh, we definitely are. Um, well, half of us are anyway. Yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. And that's the thing. If, if people are having their empathy weaponized back at them, you know, like, well, guess, guess what the result's going to be. They're going to you know, put up shields, right? Of course they are. Huh? Like, they're going to be like, hey, maybe these idiots should, should die. We'll all be better off. Yeah. Mm. I've, I've, said, I've literally said as much. Oh, sure. The fatalism is, is reality. Yeah, it's definitely happening. I think some of these people are just so depressed, they're ready to go, especially in some of these really isolated rural communities where nothing else is going on. Oh, absolutely. You know, well, the good Lord takes me. It's like, yeah, because all you have is like Sonic uh, cheeseburgers and DirecTV, and you really don't care. We've got other things to, to try for. Well, but, but, but it's just so, you know, I, I don't want to too much of a bummer about this but i think that's why you have to go extra go extra hard for loving and supporting the things that give life meaning yeah they, they, they give you the, the ability to see beyond the mediocre miseries of the world mm. and, and and you should cultivate that yes and you should support that and, and nobody is profiting off of that so it's not going to naturally come from any of the avenues of engagement that we have. So people need to think about it more actively. Yeah. And that, that can, that can manifest in a, I'm not telling you like how to live your life or anything, but I think if, if you start with that, I think that life becomes incrementally less shittier. Right. In general. This was just kind of clicking with me that kind of doing the podcast and doing these sorts of things really ultimately what it comes down to is it gives me more to appreciate. And this is the time when I need to have more to appreciate. If that makes sense. Yeah. yeah it's, it's, you know, appreciation now more than ever. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> right. I talk to people I'm like, Oh, I appreciate this person. I appreciate what they're doing. I'm excited about this. Well, I mean, yeah, I was excited to talk to you guys about this. I was like, oh, yeah, you know, it's the, the, at the time of this recording, like it's not even out yet, just like the one single, but it's like, great. Can't wait to talk. I'm glad, glad to have something to talk about, first of all. Yeah. Uh, and can't wait to talk to you guys about it because I know the way you guys engage with it, like that it would be thoughtful and interesting and probably go to a bunch of like weird areas that I never thought about. You know, we talked about parallel universe theory and inflection points for a while. Didn't see that coming, but you know, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> I still had one more weird thing. Actually. I had a dream with you in it the other night. Well, yeah, don't, don't stop now. Oh, really? <laughs> well, I think, it is, <laughs> see, I, I think it's cause I knew you were coming up more than likely. Okay. But like yeah, yeah. I had uh. this dream and it was a really weird dream. It, we were, in your house, which I'm sure isn't the same house. It was like a one floor bungalow. That's closer to what our place was in Oakland or our, our place in Milwaukee. Well, there it's, you go. That's probably. Yeah. What it was. So did you also like have your living room, a stage in your living room? 
because no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Although I, if I think if we did, people would be like, "Yeah, that's in character." Yeah. but like, no, no. There was a stage <laughs> in the living room, but the, there was like a recliner on the stage. But you could tell it just you could move it off pretty yeah. easily and be ready to rock yeah, yeah, out. Move it off on the band scene, but like, it, right? Exactly. <laughs> there was a tornado coming. <laughs> Uh-huh. Yeah. Of course. And we were preparing for the tornado and trying to trying to get safe and cracking the windows in the house. And you got like really mad at me because I wasn't cracking the windows the right way. <laughs> and the dream it was really and I was like, I'm trying, man. I don't know. You know, like crack, no. you, you know, because you're supposed to crack your windows in a tornado, so Yeah, so they don't shatter. Right. And yeah. I wasn't I I was either cracking it too much or not enough how dare you and i was feeling really you know like oh, i'm an idiot and then you're like well no you gotta use the schmeagle and it was like a little fine tuning yeah. thing <laughs> oh yeah everyone knows right. that. Yeah. just like yeah. and how <laughs> very precise you need your window to be yeah. open this is your first time uh. on this planet come on use the uh. schmeagle <laughs> <laughs> it was like one of those crank windows but there was an extra little dial on there that i didn't know about i thought it was funny <laughs> a few a few weeks ago when uh we had uh trevor dunn on and like uh dimitri mavra posted on facebook he said, I had a dream last night mm-hmm. about me and Miles Davis and a hedgehog was chewing my feet. And I don't know why this happened. And I said, I said, that's interesting. We were just talking about you and Dungeon Weed on the podcast last night. And we also mentioned Miles Davis and we mentioned the fabulous hedgehogs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, <Same> wow. <laughs> so it's some, some interdimensional crossed wire connection. Yeah. He was like, oh, yeah, absolutely. The, uh, you know, it's breaking down. It's like the Matrix is breaking down. <laughs> <laughs> the simulation is over. <laughs> that goddamn down. time. Great. Yeah. Stuff's about <laughs> to make sense again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Look, it, it's it's easy to get down on everything uh, because everything is, you know, very bleak right now. Mm-hmm. But that's when it's most important to shine a light on the, the things that make you want to live and the things that make you want to share and be like, wow, this is awesome. You know, check this out. And I think you do a great job with and determine just, you know, just shining a light on stuff you like. Yeah. You know? Thank you. Like, yeah. and, and, and that's, it's never going to be as popular as here's why this thing you like is terrible. <laughs> what? No, I'm going to listen to that and, and be angry. Right. About it. Oh, fuck that. Right. But that's, that's cheap. Exactly. That's, that's, yeah. And that's, it's ultimately that is a, that's a modus operandi that I, I think we might see fade a little bit. Hopefully. I hope so. Uh, as, as time goes on. Cause I feel like, it feels like the younger generation is like not down with that. Like at all. Yeah. They're much more positive, I think. And yeah. Yeah. A lot of the, uh, you know, feuds and the, just the ego and shit, I think is, is dying down a little bit and people are trying to lift each other up. I hope so. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, again, uh, like having empathy for your fellow person is f- fellow people is great as long as it's not ruinous empathy. That's that's the important thing. Mm. It's important to know the difference. That yeah, you know, knowing uh, well, the Giving Tree, right? Do you guys remember the uh, Giving Tree? Yeah, David Shell Silverstein. Yeah, absolutely. I love yeah. the Giving Tree. Yeah, and and I'm stoked to uh, you know count you guys as like friends, friends and allies in this crazy whack world of creativity and. And, and whatnot and well it is definitely mutually felt we love you pieces man huh? yeah absolutely yeah likewise 
some point we'll have live shows and we can actually hang out in person and that would be fucking cool. Yeah. God, it's going to be great. <laughs> that'll, that'll be that'll be a nice thing when that happens. Holy shit. <laughs> I can't. Anything else you want to drop uh, about the record and, you know, where to find it and everything else? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Good point. So, uh, yeah, uh, Dangerous Nomenclature, Learning Curve Records. Uh, There'll be a pre-sale link pretty soon. Uh, I think (laughs) it got so burned by the Grasshopper Lies Heavy Mm. vinyl that we we might wait to put a pre-order up of the vinyl for a while. Uh, Okay. Because, yeah, they... Put he put that record up and it sold really well and and they just hit like the you know the, the shit into the stick all around multiple times over and it's been kind of harrowing for him much in the same way the household gods record was yeah where it was just like one goddamn thing after another you know I I, th- I think it'll it'll be something where like you know you can you can get the digital and you can you know the CDs will be done pretty quick but like the vinyl's probably going to be a little while yeah but yeah there should be at least two probably three releases in 2022 from Conan trying the secret friends. And, um, then there's a new record. That's like three, 30% done after that. Wow. So nothing in 2021 at all, <laughs> but making up for lost time in, in 2022. So, yeah, yeah. and I, I, I will say this, it's not that it all sounds the same, but if, if you guys are digging the vibe of uh commuter and dangerous nomenclature, like it's, all this stuff is pretty cool. Like, and, and there's everyone I've known that it has been like along for the ride for the band has been like, wow, this is, you know, this, this is good. This is interesting. And I'm like, cool. I'm glad you feel that way. Cause of course I feel that way. No. Yeah. I fucking made it. Of course I like it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think in contrast, I think you needed something like that after, you know, dark passenger or we talked about yeah. that being, it's a great record. Not an everyday record. Yeah. Right. This is much more of an everyday. No, no, it's for sure. Like, and and returning to that after doing that was like great. I mean, and, 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 and and like being, unfortunately, you know, kind of being forced into like taking some time to do it was, was not great, but like it it gives perspective for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I was just going to say, not that some of the content or lyrics or or ideas behind it isn't heavy. I mean, it's heavy, but it's just, you know, I I love that mix of like, you know, heavy subject matter mixed with like just rock fun. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm glad because that's, that's kind of the modus operandi, right? I mean, (laughs) you know, like competitive grief. Right. It's like a hilarious concept, but it's also, you know, it's like the the idea of that's a thing. It's a real thing. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. It's a real thing. People, people like want to performatively show how affected they are. And it's just that, that that's just like, it's a, it's a wild thing. And like I said, misplaced optimism of the doom is sort of like a life ethos more than anything else. But like, uh, yeah, yeah. you know, like I think that that's, I, I like writing about stuff like that. Like it would be disingenuous for, for me to be like, baby, baby, baby. baby. Yeah. 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 You know, yes. Like that, that's, it's not me. Right. It just isn't. Like and that's and that's fine because there's there's plenty of plenty of bands do that great. Yeah. And I you know, I don't like dislike those songs. I mean, some of them they're great. No, I I some of those songs are fantastic, right? But it, but it's sort of Right. It's not what I write about. Which means that there's always gonna be something it's something of kind of a niche thing. It's gonna be always gonna be for freaks, nerds, and weirdos as much as, as 
you know, it's like, oh, you could totally play this on like classic rock radio. I'm like, yeah, except for you couldn't. But, <laughs> right. <yeah. laughs> right. I like the idea and I see where you're going with it and I appreciate appreciate the the praise. But yeah, I wish I wish it could be. Because yeah. and for me, it's not even that it's like throwback music or classic rock. Like I'm very no. much tr- trying to make music of the now. It's informed from those things, you know. No, it's new. Yeah. And I think that's only allowed when you're a known commodity. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> and I, well, I think that's hard to do. I think it's hard to do since there's nothing new under the sun, you know, in a lot of ways with rock that it's, it doesn't sound like a throwback, but it does sound something like fresh in the world of just rock and roll. Yeah. And we love you for that, man. Well, thank you. And, and you guys have, you guys always have gotten it, you know, quotation marks, trademark, <laughs> copyright registered, like, and uh, that, that's, that's not lost on me because there's definitely... Again, so, so some days the the fruits are bountiful, and some days the the trees are bare. So it's it's always nice to have. Right on. All right, you guys want to wrap? This is good. Yeah, I think great. Two hours is probably pretty good. It's probably not work with yeah. that. <laughs> God damn it! Some editing to do this week. Well, I mean, hey, we went over a year and a half without the last. Talk, we needed right? to make so. up. We did. Yeah, yeah, we exactly. did. We, we did. And I don't want it to be quite so long next time. And hopefully, we won't lose it like we did that one time. M- remember the one? Remember the one episode we did that ended up not even the lost episode? Yeah, <laughs> we got it out eventually, but like both of us had forgotten. Yeah, I thought yeah. you were going to get back to me, and I you thought I was going to get back to you or something. I can't remember exactly what the deal was. I don't remember. Yeah, it's funny how that works. Anyway, time's a flat circle, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. <laughs> uh, always a pleasure, dudes. Well, thank you, man. Absolutely. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in to Undetermined the Podcast. Special guest, Conan Neutron. Yes. Have a great week, everyone. Thank you again, Conan. We love you, man. Yeah, yeah. Happy to do it. Anytime, anywhere.